Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. This is Brad Lambert from Team Finland. I am Oscar Olesen from Team Sweden. Hey, this is Dylan Grand. Hi, I'm Lane Hudson from the U.S. National Team. Dion Mishak. Fabian Lucelle. Cole Perfetti. Hey, it's Jake Sampson. I play for Team USA. Major Junior. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Hey, it's Alex Dabrinkit from the Erie Otters. It's Grail Dubois from the Cape Breton Screen Eagles. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Mooseheads. This is John Gunther of the Emerson Oil Kings. NCAA. Hey, this is Noah Hannafin from Boston College. Hey, it's Troy Terry from the Denver Pioneers. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. This is Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. It's Dylan Holler from the Wisconsin Badgers. The NHL Draft. U.S. Lepkowski from TPS. Hey, this is Kevin Krasinski of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Hey, guys, it's Cutter Goche from the U.S. National Team. Hi, it's Matt Savoy with the Winnipeg Ice. Hey, this is Sarah Manzel from Shaska High School. Nessai Goche. I play for the Quebec Ramparts. This is Ty Nelson from the North Bay Battalion. Hey, it's Dylan James from the Sioux City Musketeers. This is Rieger Lorenz from the Okotoks Oilers. And more. And welcome to the Pipeline Show. And this is the Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. Pipeline Show. The Pipeline Show. Well, good weekend and welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. That is Alberta's absolute best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. It's W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. From there, you can place an order. If you're in Western Canada, you can order that beef jerky and it'll get shipped to you. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. If you happen to be in the Edmonton area, there are three locations you can actually go to and pick it up yourself. One is in Leduc, one is in Spruce Grove, and the newest one is in West Edmonton Mall, just a few steps from the Ice Palace on the lower level. Thrilled to have Wilhock Beef Jerky as title sponsor here on the show because it is absolutely delicious. We have a loaded show for you this week as we continue on with the WHL team-by-team previews getting set for the upcoming season. Last week, we did the BC Division. This week, we're at the opposite end of the uh, of the league. And that would be the East Division. That means six guests on this week's show. So this opening segment is going to be a short one because we want to get to the guests. And it's going to be a long episode as it is. So let's dive right into the news and notes. And we'll start in the WHL. Uh, Just some signings uh, to uh, mention. Significant in my mind because they come from the U.S. Priority Draft, which just started in 2020. But we're starting to see teams uh, making some headway here in uh, finding American players to come and play. The Kelowna Rockets and uh, the Red Deer Rebels signing their first-round picks here just in the last couple of days. The Edmonton Oil Kings signed their first-round pick, first overall pick. He was signed uh, back in the summer. That's uh, Blake Fiddler, who was at camp. All three of these players were at camp. Jackson Gillespie was signed here recently by the Kelowna Rockets, 17th overall selection. And uh, Jeremiah Roberts uh, signed uh, with the Red Deer Rebels, also a first-round pick. Now, All of those players just drafted, so they're not able to play this year with the WHL teams, which also, in my mind, significant that these guys are uh, signing with the WHL and uh, will go back home and and play for another year, although Fiddler is actually going to stay and play in Edmonton. He's got ties to Edmonton. His dad, uh, Vern Fiddler, is from Edmonton, but he's going to play at uh, one of the local academies here, NAX, I think. Anyway, the uh, Kamloops Blazers signed both of their import picks as well, Apo Sorrell and... A goaltender, Michael Schnattinger, who we heard about last week uh, on the program because GM and head coach Sean Clouston was on the program, told us all about the goaltender. 
couple of former NHLers are back in the WHL as uh, coaches or assistant coaches. Brent Seabrook has joined the Vancouver Giants uh, to be their player development coach. And uh, Latisla Schmid, Laddie Schmid, here in Edmonton with the Oil Kings, which is interesting to see. have seen him around uh, camp. Speaking of camps, uh, everybody has moved now into the exhibition season. And in fact, we had first exhibition game already. Everybody getting involved here this weekend. But Prince Albert and Saskatoon played a, uh, a game a couple of nights ago at the Jim Nielsen Sports Complex. That was back on a Tuesday night at the Big River First Nation in northern Saskatchewan. But uh, as I mentioned, everybody in action basically this weekend. Uh, I will be at uh, one game tonight as the Oil Kings are hosting the Saskatoon Blades. I won't be at the uh, return matchup tomorrow. That is actually here again, uh, Saskatoon and Edmonton connecting. Uh, but I won't be able to get to that one. I have uh, a charity event that I'm at uh, tomorrow. But lots going on as uh, everybody is underway now. Junior A across the country is uh, well underway. In fact, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, the Brooks Bandits uh, making some news uh, fairly recently. It was a bit of a topic of discussion around uh, camp that I was at. They welcomed the Wisconsin Lumberjacks for an exhibition game. Wisconsin uh, plays in the SIJHL. That's the Junior A League right around the Great Lakes. A couple of Canadian teams and, and some American teams in it. But it's like the AJHL or the BC, well, not the BCHL now, but falls under the CJHL umbrella. Well, that game was a, a 23 to nothing shellacking. Uh, the Brooks Bandits laid an absolute embarrassment uh, beating on uh, Wisconsin. And the fallout from that, if you uh, follow them on Twitter or anything like that on social media, the Bandits posted the, the final score and they were just getting ripped. In the comments about, uh, you know, just embarrassing a team like that, which is really nothing new. I mean, what did they, they beat the uh, Blackfolds Bulldogs last year on opening night. What was it, 17 nothing, 18 nothing, something like that. Uh, but they are cruising through the AJHL's preseason. Uh, a couple of the people I spoke with over the last week said uh, the Alberta Junior Hockey League is eventually, they're going to have to go to a draft. Like the SJHL, because it's, it's September and you already know the Brooks Bandits are going to win. If not Brooks, then Spruce Grove. They're they're the, they've been the two powerhouse teams in this league for the last decade or more. Uh, I was looking at uh, the roster for Brooks that night against uh, Wisconsin. I think they had four players who are from Alberta on their roster, which I don't know. To me, that to me that's not a good look for the AJHL. You're the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and the vast majority of, of your team isn't from Alberta. To me, that's not a good look. Tell me I'm wrong at TPS underscore Guy on Twitter. Also on Twitter this week, I, I mentioned uh, the USHL is a great league, but their website is junk. And I stand by that because uh, they're playing exhibition games in the league right now. But if you go to the USHL's website, the newest news story is that they have a uh, broadcast deal with Flow Hockey, and that was announced in mid-August. We're, we're now into mid-September, and there's nothing new on the USHL's website. In fact, you go to the news heading, and you click on USHL News, and the top story is uh, that Logan Cooley was drafted. Actually, it's not even that he was drafted. It's a preview of the 2022 NHL draft from July 5th. Um, so I, I don't know what's happening with the USHL. I mean, it's it's a good league. They're developing a lot of players. They're pushing a lot of guys to the NCAA. They're doing a fine job when it comes to hockey, but their website is terrible. Again, tell me I'm wrong. All guests will join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline, the tap room in Red Deer, based in Red Deer, but you can pick up your orders 
either at the Tap Room in Red Deer or at the Farmer's Market in Calgary or the Farmer's Market in Edmonton. You go to troubledmonk.com slash shop, place your order online. If you don't want to go to any of those three locations, go to your local liquor store. If they don't have Troubled Monk in stock, demand that they get it. It's available to them. Any of their craft beverages. I was enjoying a pesky pig just yesterday. The guest list of this week, well, as I mentioned, we are doing the East Division, so here's the guest that you're going to hear from today, and this is the order that we will do it. First up, it's the head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings. That's Don McGilvery, who uh, joined me earlier this week uh, to chat about the uh, the Wheat Kings. Again, a brand new general manager in uh, recently, and who's a legendary Wheat King, and Marty Murray. But uh, really enjoyed the conversation with Don. Uh, he was it's the first time that uh, he's been on the show. First time I've had a chance to speak with him, uh, and I uh, enjoyed the conversation a lot. Uh, from there, we go to John Paddock, who's the GM of the Regina Pats. Obviously, they have the best 17-year-old player on the planet, uh, but the question remains, are they a playoff team, let alone contenders? Well, believe me, that comes up in the conversation. Also on the show this week, Colin Priestner, the general manager of the Saskatoon Blades, a busy team, as they made a couple of uh, fairly significant trades already uh, right before camp opened. They traded Kyle Krenkovic to Seattle in exchange for a third-round pick and Dallas Stars prospect Connor Roulette. They also traded Kieran Gronick and a second to the Vancouver Giants for Justin Lees, who during the interview with uh, Colin, I called him Justin Lies, so you'll you'll pick up on that. Uh, from Saskatoon, we'll go down to Moose Jaw and Mark O'Leary, another first-timer here on the Pipeline Show, head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors. That's going to be a fun team to watch. Jeff Truitt is the new head coach of the Prince Albert Raiders, getting that club set for the upcoming regular season. Uh, and I had the invite out to anybody from the Winnipeg Ice organization, whether it was the general manager or the head coach, but was told that uh, nobody was available to come on the show. So I uh, put out a call to Mike Sawatsky from the Winnipeg Free Press, who covers everything uh, sports-related in that city, uh, including the Winnipeg Ice. So he came on the show and did a fantastic job. Uh, so all six teams are covered. We'll get to all of them here right away. Before we do... Go to ProStockHockey.com if you're in the market for some uh, professional quality sticks. They got a new batch from the New York Rangers, including several vapor fly lights from Alexi Lafreniere. They say it's a, a unique 82 flex, so if that means anything for you. And the photo that they have on their Twitter feed, you can see sticks from uh, Jacob Truba and Zabanajad and Chris Kreider and uh, Panarin. Also, hockey helmets from the Nashville Predators now in stock as well. White and gold colors are available in a variety of sizes, not to mention since they're mandatory in most places, they recommend checking out visors and cage selections. All of that at ProStockHockey.com. All right, I've talked long enough. Let's get to the show. And uh, first up, we're heading to Manitoba. And Don McGilvery, the head coach of the Brandon Weekings, that's the club in focus first. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Back after this. Broken up and then taken by Prop. Threw into the zone. He's on a breakaway. Look out. Short-handed. Score! Three short-handed goals and a hat trick for Brian Prop. Holy cow. Welcome to Fire Hockey on Sunday. Hi, this is Brian Prop, former Brandon Wheat King, and you're listening to the Pipeline Troll. Since 
1965 Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And boom goes the dynamite. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Last week we did the BC Division. This week we're doing the East Division. All six teams we're going to profile here uh, throughout the course of this week and on this week's episode of the show. Of course, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. First team in the spotlight, the Brandon Wheat Kings, and uh, head coach Don McGilvery is my guest. Uh, coach, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you making the time in the, uh, I was going to say the, the off-season, but I guess there is no off-season now as we are uh, through uh, a training camp and now into the exhibition season. Uh, what did you learn about your team here uh, early on here in camp? Well, we really liked our camp. I think uh, it was very competitive, uh, you know, a lot more pace than we we had last year in camp. I think, obviously, we had two two draft classes in our in our in our rookie group, and uh, it was really exciting to see those guys. And then once uh, you know a few of them moved up to the main camp with the veterans, uh, the, you know the pace got really really high, and uh, the games were real competitive. Well, as we're speaking right now, the rosters uh, for the Weekings not up on the WHL's website, so you're going to have to be my uh, my guide here. Uh, the closest I can get to a current roster is the uh, the playoff roster from last year. We know the players who aren't back uh, from last season uh, in the playoffs. It'd be Marcus Kelly and Killy, uh, as well as uh, well on the back end, uh, Chad Nychuk and uh, I, I think uh, well and Ethan Kruger in net. But uh, you got a couple of forwards who aren't going to be back this year. Uh, Ridley Gregg, who's signed by Ottawa, and uh, Vincent Iorio, defenseman, who's signed by Washington. Anybody else from last year's playoff roster who isn't back with you? Yeah, Landon Roberts uh, is a player that uh, we brought in, um, you know, early last year from Tri Cities, and uh, he he gets caught up in the numbers here in terms of the twenty year old. So he's uh, he was released uh, to give him an opportunity to maybe catch on with somebody else. Uh, and then Jacob Hoffrog, he was traded to Everett uh, in the off season here. Right. So other than that, we're we're pretty much status quo. I think that uh, obviously, you know, with uh, the players that you mentioned, Nightchuck, Iorio's are and 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 um Kruger those are big holes to fill on the back end and and Greg and Kelly and Kelly were you know pretty important pieces for us up front but saying that everybody loses good players and mm-hmm. uh, we're excited about the opportunity that out prevents or presents other other players how many players did you bring into camp when it started uh, we had two two teams for rookie camp uh, so basically two full teams 42 i think it was and then and then we had three teams for main camp which were you know, pretty full teams as well. Okay, so it sounds like a lot of players. Is that more than normal uh, compared to previous years that you've been uh, with the uh, with the franchise? What now? This is what going into year seven, I think, for you. Yeah, it's pretty similar to what we had, uh, you know, before COVID hit for sure. I think the difference was uh, the caliber of, uh, you know, especially in the rookie camp, the caliber of player was a lot higher because you had the two draft classes, right? And neither one of those. Uh, drafts had been to a camp, you know, a rookie camp before in Brandon. So uh, it was really exciting to see those guys. I think uh, they all really showed well. And, 
you know, I think the future's bright. Our scouting staff did an amazing job in terms of drafting some good, real good players. And now it's, you know, up to us to make sure they arrive on time. And uh, when they do get here, make sure they're in the right roles and, and see if we can uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together. Don McGillery, the head coach of the Branded Wheat Kings, my guest, joining me courtesy of the Troubled Monk Hotline uh, here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, all right, let's start in net and your goaltenders uh, going into the exhibition season. How many do you still have uh, with the team right now? We have three goalies right now, Carson Bjarnson, uh Nick Jones, and Ethan Eskett. So those are the three guys we'll go into the preseason with. Obviously, you know, we're... Carson's a 17-year-old, and he's projected to be our starter. Now, Bjornsson had a pretty uh, busy offseason here. Didn't he uh, have some work with Hockey Canada? Yeah, he went to the U18s, you know, kind of, uh, you know, not a surprise, but he, you know, he got himself on the radar, and and then he made the team, which was really good for him, and I think he had a really good showing there. You know, he dressed for the games. He he played in one game, I believe, maybe two, uh, but had a good showing, and all indications are that he had a real good camp. Well, a guy like that, maybe a bit of a confidence booster to, to come into your main camp like this, and not that he was necessarily struggling in that department before. I mean, he played pretty well for you last season too, right? Yeah, you know what? He, Carson, uh, we took a 16-year-old goalie for the first time in a long, long time, and um, he was faced with some really difficult situations because we had some injuries to Ethan Kruger early in the season. I, I remember yeah. we went to the to the, you know to, to the Alberta swing, and, and he... he you know, he was by himself. Basically, we had a, a backup. Nick Jones actually was a backup. Um, you know, so he had some situations where you know he had to play well, and uh, you know he did. He did just do do just that. He he played extremely well, and um, you know we we have a lot of confidence in him. All right, and Jones, as you mentioned, was with the team uh, off and on last year. I seem to recall. I think did he get into a game here against the Oil Kings? Yeah. He 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 uh, he he played the third period against Edmonton, and he started the next night in Red Deer. Right uh, early in the season, and uh, you know he he joined us a, a number of times to to be a backup, and um, you know he did exactly what he was asked to do. He he went back and uh, had a great year. Um, was the goaltender of the year in the midget league in Alberta, and you know he's come back in the camp. He's had a terrific camp. If I recall correctly, I think he, he yeah he played that one the third period. He was really good in that third period, I think. And I know it was a, a lopsided outcome in the in the game, but I don't think Edmonton scored in that third period in a nine two victory. They might have called off the dogs that night. We were a little <laughs> undermanned, and uh, you know they had a very good club and. Uh, you know, it certainly wasn't anything to do with our goaltending. It was more to do with our whole our whole group. So, yeah. you know, that's going to happen from time to time. It's tough when it's your young goalie that's in that situation. And uh, for both those guys, that, that was a tough situation to put him into. But they responded, and you know, for sure, Carson. Um, you know, that was a character builder for him that trip because uh, he got you know a real, had a real tough tough night in Edmonton and then responded and played really well in Calgary on the, you know, the two days later. So um, that was kind of a, for me, a, a turning point for him in terms of his growth. Yeah. I remember you were really short staffed early on in the season and at that, you know, adversity like that, it's hard when you're going through it, but once you're through it, 
that, that really hardens the team going forward, and maybe that's something you can build off of. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit much, uh, to be quite honest. We, you know, we didn't have, really, Greg only played 39 games. Uh, Danielson got hurt on that trip. He only played 53 in the season, and, and Callan Kelly only played half a season as well. So, you know, you take those types of players. Jake Chase wasn't even with us yeah. until the second half of the season. So, you take those kind of players out of your lineup, uh, and, you know, we had some young guys trying to earn their, earn their, earn their keep and and uh and solidify some roles so it was good in, in one sense but it it was a very frustrating process uh early on i didn't think we had 12 forwards until uh thanksgiving you know to for practice even so you know uh made it a little bit difficult but we got through it and you know we became a a, a real you know, relevant team, a team that was, you know, I thought at the end hard to play against, and we gave Red Deer all they could handle in the playoffs, and you know, I think uh, showed showed well. You know, felt you know, felt like we could have won that series too. So, yeah. um, all in all, it was a it was a good season in the sense that uh, you know we had some guys take some steps, and hopefully they can that will pay off for us this year. All right, let's go to your blue line right now, and without Nychuk and Iorio and Hoffragi, who you've, tra- you've traded. Uh, Mason Ward, I guess, if he's still with your club right now, would be your your uh, uh, veteran leadership guy on the back end. Yeah, Mason's here. He's uh, he's had a real good cap. He looks like he's in great shape. Uh, you know, he had a really good playoff against Red Deer's former team. He, I, I thought he played extremely well in that series, and he was partnered with Quinn Manti, who was a 16 year old, basically coming out of Bantam hockey. So I think uh, you know. Those two guys we're going to be counting on. Logan Hammett. We picked up Andre Malavin uh, in the Euro draft. He has some experience playing with Sarnia last year, and he's had a terrific cap as well. So we're excited about him. And then we had Owen, Owen Harris and Zach Turner who were with us last year and kind of got spot duty, you know, playing in and out of the lineup. Uh, maybe not as much ice time as as you'd like to give them, but uh, nonetheless, some experience, and we're, we're hoping that they can take a step forward. So I think that that, that part of uh, that group is is, is going to be okay. I think we're going to be, and I, I forgot to mention Logan Hammett, uh, who played regular for us last year too. So, you know, that's that's an area where we, we're expecting guys to take a step, and if they take a good step, then, then we'll be just fine. But if uh, we struggle a little bit, it might be there. Most of those guys that we just taught, you just talked about were rookies for you last year. So that was a really young blue line in a challenging year, but a year under their belt now, uh, and hopefully something to build off of as well. But uh, there's some pretty high caliber, even though they're young. There's some real good talent back there for you. Yeah, there is. You know, uh, like Logan Hammer was defenseman of the year in the Saskatchewan Major League, and Quinn Manti played on the U17s in Ottawa last year. So they have good experience, uh, you know, and they've gotten their feet wet in terms of playoff hockey. So I think, you know, I, we're like I said, we're expecting them to take a step, and if they do take that step, then then we'll be just fine. You know. Uh, Chad Nychuk was a rookie once too, and he couldn't play in certain situations. When you know the year the PA was the league champions, uh, he had a tough time playing in those kind of games. But you know he found his way. And same with Vinny Iorio. I, I think they 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 all they, everybody has to earn their stripes, and mm-hmm. they have growing pains. And um, you know I think our assuming we stay healthy, our, our forward group will be able to help them a lot more. You know, and I think that that was probably the difference. We relied so much on Nightcheck and Iorio to play big minutes last year that uh, it, it got us through and, and allowed us to become a, a playoff team. But uh, we still got those other guys enough experience where we think they can take a step. Third overall pick in 2021 draft, uh, Charlie Alec. Is he still with you? Yeah, he is. And uh, you know, I, I didn't mention him, but he's part of our rookie class. It's... Uh, 
you know, it's a very good class. Charlie got some great experience in, in, in the Red Deer series as well. You know, like it's very rare for a 15 year old to be playing playoff games. And he played, uh, you know, close to 10 minutes a night in those games. And, um, you know, he's going to be a terrific young player, but he is 16 and, uh, he's got lots to learn too. And, and I think the experience that he got playing in the league last year will really help him. All right, let's go to your forward group. Uh, Nolan Ritchie, I guess, would be the uh, the big gun coming back. He led your team in scoring uh, last year with 76 points, and we talked about so many of your other guys who didn't play a, a full season, but uh, I think he only missed a couple of games. So he's definitely a guy to watch for for you this year as, from that uh, statistical leader uh, component. Yeah, Nolan's uh, been a terrific player for us. He... You know, he he he, uh, he came off a real serious injury uh, going into the Regina Hub, and you know had a, a terrific hub, and then uh, last season had a real good season. And uh, with with uh, you know with Ridley being out a lot up a lot, Nolan was asked to carry the load and 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 play against the other team's best players, the best defensemen, the best lines, uh, the hard hard the hard matchup, so to speak. So I think uh, you know should we stay healthy? Uh, you know, I think. He'll have the ability to, to to generate some chemistry with his line mates, uh, and and then at the same time, you know, some of the pressure might be alleviated with some of the other players that we have underneath. And and he's a 20 year old now. He's got experience. He's he plays hard. He he's really really intelligent and makes good plays and can score. So there's a lot to like about Nolan Ritchie, and certainly uh, we're looking for him to have a big year. You mentioned Jake Chase on uh, a little while ago, guy who has missed most of last season. I think he got into, what, 18, 20 games, something like that uh, during the regular season. Uh, I'm in Edmonton. He's an Oilers draft pick, so there's a lot of local interest in uh, in him. Uh, what did you see from him early on here uh, through camp? How's he looking? Yeah, he's looked really good. You know, he's, a, he's an extremely smart player. Uh, he's never going to be a, a real physical guy, but he's so smart and he quick. He's quick. He sees the ice extremely well. He makes plays. He can score. Uh, you know, we we he had 18 points in 20 games last year for us, and he was a good player for us uh, when he came back in lineup. And it would have taken him a little bit of time to get adjusted. So uh, we expect him. You know, obviously to to go to Edmonton's camp and and have a good camp, come back healthy, and then get off to a great start and and be an impact player that we think he can be. Brett Highland, I'm a big fan of a little pest out there, but can certainly contribute at both ends of the ice. And Riley Janelle's a vet for you now as well, a big guy. Uh, who else uh, is the uh, the support staff, guys who were maybe further down the depth chart last year, or I guess with all your injuries, played maybe further up than they should have? Uh, but I know you've got a lot of young talent back there too. Yeah, Nate Danielson will be a guy that uh, a lot of people will want to watch. He's, he's uh, just a terrific player. He played uh, wing last year with uh, Greg and um you know he we're, we're, he'll be, he'll move back to his natural position of center and he's uh he, he's a big you know big center who's who hits the holes got a real smart easy ice has a good shot you know a creative player that uh, plays a 200 foot game so you know that you know he gets he doesn't maybe get the, some of the notoriety that some of the other top prospects are getting but he will be he'll be one of those guys at the end i think he had a pretty good world junior camp and we we certainly are going to rely on him when we think he's going to be a terrific player for us and that gives us a really solid one-two punch with richie and danielson coming out one two and uh you know out, out the door so um you know now the trick is to find the chemistry with lines and and get those guys off to a good start. Danielson, uh, a week shy of the 2022 NHL draft, would have been one of the youngest players in the draft this this past one, but instead will be one of the older players. 
uh, for the 2023 NHL draft as a uh, uh, late September. He's going to be coming up to his uh, 18th birthday here right away, isn't he? Yeah. So he, yeah, he's a late birth date, and you know, fortunately for us, that that's a good thing. I think that helps us uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's like he, no different than Nolan Patrick was for us uh, right. a couple of years ago. You know, three years ago, I think that uh, Patty was a a late birthday too. And there's, uh, you know, it's it's a different year when it's your draft year. There's a lot of pressure, and certainly Nate's uh, a guy that we think can handle that. And he's uh, been a real good player for us. He was a real good player for us as a, a rookie in in Regina. Um, he has leadership characteristics as well so you know uh, i think you know sky's the limit for him i think we're real excited about what he brings to the table and i think once star fans and other fans around the league see him they'll realize how good a player he actually is ben thornton's a first round pick rylan Rorsma's a first round pick tyson zimmer a first round pick danielson a first rounder roger mcqueen a first round pick i mean there's you guys have stockpiled so many high-end draft picks that, uh, you know, it was a tough season for you, and it's a young team. But, man, you got the potential to really take a big step forward in the standings this year. Where do you set the bar in terms of what how, uh, you know, what success would be this year? Well, I think um, not focusing on results, but just in terms of uh, kind of our process of how we want to play and how we want to be perceived you know we want to we want Brandon to be a tough place to play we want to be a hard-working team I think we want to create that identity when we want to be hard to play against whether that's being hard to hard to play against because we're fast and skilled or we're fast and physical either way we want to be able to play any type of game that any team can throw at us and you know I think uh you know we had um, you know, some veteran defensemen last year that are is, has created some holes, but we have, I think, a lot of depth up front that, you know, is going to create some problems for teams with matchups. And, you know, that's what we're looking forward to doing. I, I You know, our division is extremely tough. Moose Jaw is going to have a really good team, Saskatoon, Winnipeg. I mean, go up and down, PA, Regina, they're all, they're all good teams and they all have some impact players. So, I mean, making predictions at this stage uh, really doesn't matter. I, I, I just want our team to be, you know, like I said, a hard, hard working team, hard to play against. And I know everybody says that, but there's a way to get there. We didn't get there last year for quite a while, uh, but we got there at the end and, and, you know, we became a real hard team, uh, a team that was a little bit resilient, a team that could go through some adversity and, and fight through it a little bit. And if we can get to that stage quicker this year, then I think we'll be a real good team. Uh, lastly, Coach, uh, what does it mean to the franchise and maybe to the fan base to have Marty Murray uh, coming back and being the new GM here, one of the uh, legendary Brandon Weekings? Well, he definitely is the most popular man in Brandon. He uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, he has a storied career here, and Brandon was a, a fan favorite, uh, you know, long before he took this job, and um, you know, has had a, a real nice career. He's, he got into coaching and, and being a GM. Uh, you know, quite some time ago, and has had some experiences there. So, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. I think that uh, the the people in Brandon are really excited about him. Obviously, uh, when you have a a face to a name or someone that you recognize that you 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 know you you hold in high regard, I think that that uh, gives it instant credibility. And certainly, uh, you know, I am I don't I didn't know Marty before. Uh, you know, before he got hired, I knew of him, but I didn't know know him. And certainly, my first interaction with him have been really good. And he uh, seems like he knows what he wants. And uh, and certainly, you know, it will be 
you know our our jobs to get on the same page and and try to build something that's great together. Outstanding, coach. I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck this season with the Wheat Kings, and uh, can't wait to see your club when you roll through Edmonton. Anytime, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, best of luck with uh, your your the rest of your podcast. There's a team you can never count out, and uh, Don McGilvery on the bench, third year as the head coach, seventh year on the bench with the Brandon Weekings, but they got a lot of returning young players, and that's that's the big thing, I think, for the Wheat Kings. They had a lot of young but really high-end draft picks uh, on their team last year who will now be going into year two. This could be a team who takes a big jump forward here this year. They might be like Moose Jaw was last year. You know, the, the Moose Jaw Warriors end up finishing uh, the regular season getting a home ice advantage in the playoffs. And I don't think it would shock me if uh, Brandon was that sort of a team this year. You know, they, they definitely miss some guys, big pieces that are not going to be back this year. Ridley Gregg, obviously a huge piece, but he only played 39 games last year. This is a team that did really well. I mean, they finished sixth without him, basically, without Marcus Callian Keeley, without Jake Chason for even longer. He only played 20 games. Even Mason Ward only played 41 games for them last season. Somewhat of a question mark in net, but uh, Carson Bjornsson, Played very well for them when he was in last year, but it was a real tough situation. I mean, his stats don't look good, but he played better than what the stats would suggest. So we'll see. Nolan Ritchie, I mean, he could be one of the top 20-year-olds in the league this year. Nate Danielson, what a terrific player, and he's uh, heading into his NHL draft season, so you know scouts are going to be all over him. Still a young team, but uh, a really promising team. A lot of potential with the Brandon Weekings. All right, next up. Well, we're going to get to hopefully all five of the other teams in the uh, East Division. Uh, only one question mark at this point as I'm speaking with you right now, uh, and that would be the Winnipeg Ice. But next up, it should be John Paddock, the GM and the head coach of the Regina Pats. They've got the best player his age on the planet in Connor Bedard, but are the Pats a playoff team? Let's talk about Regina next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Now Connor Hoff ships the puck to center for Steele, lead a 2-1-1. Steele across the line, right side, Waits goes backhanded, scores! Oh my, what a goal, Sam Steele! He absolutely undressed Trevor Martin for a second strike game! Hey, I'm Sam Steele from the Regina Pats, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Makar. Makar. He scores. Gensel. The goalie scores. Jake Gensel. All were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I'm not some TV personality, but I do love Hee Haw. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We're going to continue on with our uh, preview of the WHL's Eastern Division teams. Uh, and uh, we uh, started with the Brandon Weekings. We're going to go to the Regina Pats next. Uh, but a reminder, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. 
Uh, when we're talking Regina Pats, that means the general manager and the head coach of the team is going to join me. Entering his ninth season uh, in that uh, position is uh, John Paddock. Uh, John, welcome back to the Pipeline Show, sir. How are you? Thanks, Keith. I'm good. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you making time like this uh, during training camp and now into the exhibition season. And uh, maybe we'll start with that. How many uh, players did you welcome to camp this year? Uh, we had three teams of about uh, 14, 15 us. Per side and a total of seven goalies, so just around the 50. Um, and we had some guys banged up, veteran players banged up a little bit that uh, weren't able to participate at this time. So mm-hmm. I'd say just sort of a normal size, probably. Okay, so that was my next question: whether it was a normal size or if it was larger or smaller for any particular reason. So back back to normal, which I guess is a good thing uh, uh, considering the last few years, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't had much normal from training camp through. Actually, each of the last two seasons, of course, the one was a hub, and last year there was a delay or pause or whatever you want to call it. So, mm-hmm. yes, this feels like the most um, back to normal or the new normal that we've been associated with. All right, well, before we can look at this year's team and uh, and look at the roster closer, maybe let's reflect on uh, uh, who's not back from last year's uh, squad that just fell short of the playoffs uh, your 20-year-olds that you lose from last year, Carter Chorney, Logan Nyhoff, and, of course, uh, Riker Evans on the back end. Anyone else from last year's roster who isn't back with you, uh, at least uh, at this point in camp? No, I think all others are available hands-on at the moment. Um, that can change for various reasons, from injuries to decisions that we make, but uh, much the same lineup after that. And maybe, hopefully, a, you know, a, a young player or two filters their way in. Well, that's that's the goal, obviously, for sure. And uh, I know you you've got some new bodies that are uh, going to be with the team this year. Uh, but to have that uh, largely a returning group from one year to the next, that's a huge bonus, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a it's a, a good starting point, a good bonus. Um, you know, players, young players, you know, typically improve each year um, if they're you know if they have it in them to start with. Uh, if we evaluate them right. And, you know, we've seen that at Pierce uh, early in camp with a couple of our guys that are now turning 18. And it looks like they're, they've taken a step or ready to take a step. So um, it should be, a, you know, a maturing team to quite an extent that uh, is ready to go do a little bit more. I know one of the things that's always of interest to, to people is uh, the guy who, you know, might have been 5'10 or 5'11 and 170 pounds the last time you saw him in, in April or, or May. And... Four or five months later, they're a completely different person, it seems like. Uh, anybody like that immediately come to mind when I say that, where they've shot up three inches and put on 20 pounds? Uh, Mateo Michaels, a kid from uh, Texas that was with us last year and you know was in and out of the lineup and stuff. Uh, he's done pretty well exactly that. He's maybe grown an inch or inch and a half or two and has put on about 18 pounds, so he's in the <laughs> mid-170s now, so... Um, yeah, now the next step is up to him on the ice, but it, you know, he's certainly a player like that and him in this case certainly is deserving of the opportunity that he will get because of the work he put in. All right. Well, let's start with the goaltending uh, spot. And I think you had what, six or seven goalies that come to camp. You said seven. Um, and one of them is a new, new face in Cohen McInnes and, and, uh, uh, he's a veteran now in the league, and I would have to think he's vying for that starting position for you. But Matthew Keeper is still there as well, and some other guys trying to push for for uh, starts is uh, on the roster as well. Uh, how do you like your goaltending position now going into into the season? Well, we think we've created um, more depth and more competition within it. Um, 
you know, without belaboring it too much, our, our goaltending save percentage and averages were not good enough last year. Uh, Matthew still finished on the plus side in wins, but um, our goals against versus our goals for uh, did not add up. And, uh, you know, I, I knew at the end of the season and told the goalies that were here that we're going to do something to um, create more competition for that. And uh, we didn't acquire a cone. And so, uh, you know, the exhibition games are very important for everybody, but they'll be extremely important for the goaltenders to um, get their games, get their A games on and give us the kind of goaltending that we need. Uh, now, I, I shouldn't just assume that it's uh, McInnes and, and Keeper. I mean, Drew Sim played for you as well last year, 30 games, and he's been around the league for a while. And, and uh, young Kelton Pine, man, he came in and uh, was a uh, a bright spot uh, through some tough times for you. Uh, he played really well. We saw him here in Edmonton, and he was outstanding. Yeah, Kelton had some good games for us, for sure. Um, a couple shutouts in his first two home starts. Uh, he looks like he's going to be a goaltender, whether that's exactly right now or not. Uh, who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I don't come in with any – I know what I would like to see, but we don't come in with any presumed uh, positions guaranteed. Um, as I told the goalies last season at the end of the year, that we're going to do something different. We're going to create a competition. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, for the most part, in five exhibition games is not a lot to divide up, but that's why the scrimmages and practices are important and uh, and paying attention to their details. We'll see how it filters out. Well, and you know, there are a couple of teams around the league that are desperate for goalies right now with uh, guys, their starters are injured and, and whatnot. So, hey, uh, that competition uh, could work out in your favor for sure. Uh, uh, tell me yeah. about your, your blue line uh, at this point. Uh, a lot of returning players as well, and uh, how do you like the, the the look of your defensive core? Well, when we have everybody back, I think it'll be um, a solid solid crew. Um, you know, Stanislav Svozil is is going to, you know, obviously going to training camp in Columbus as a drafted signed player. Um, you know, that can be that is up in the air when it's a European player. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he could play in one of the two pro leagues, the National Hockey League, the American Hockey League. Uh, is that a concern? Yes, yeah, somewhat. Um, but in conversations, I think that it'll end up in our direction in the end. But like, who knows? That's why you have training camps. That's why you have, as we've been talking about, competition where players get a chance to to show that they've improved. So we're certainly counting on Stan. Uh, he'd be our new Riker Evans with losing Riker last year, playing the power play and so forth. So uh, Luke Bateman's a big, strong defensive guy. Uh, Leighton Feist is somebody we are expecting and need to take a step uh, in a you know a more consistent direction, and we'll see how the rest filter out. Well, you got some size back there too. Dewitt, six foot four, and uh, Herman and King both six two. Uh, is that by design? Do you want to get bigger on the blue line? Uh, well, I think bigger is always better in the end, but it doesn't always work that way. You have to be able to play and stuff. But uh, those fellows you mentioned are you know in contention and. Um, our second pick in the first draft we had last year of 06 is Corbin Vaughn. Uh, the Vaughn twins played a little bit last year with his couple games, and uh, Corbin's looked really good on the fence and uh, is on the verge of locking up a spot probably. So he's a you know a big strong guy as well. Yeah, I can only go by the what you had at the start of camp. I I don't see an updated roster on the website or anything like that. So if if I mention guys who aren't actually with you anymore, I apologize for that. No, no problem. How many defensemen are you down to at this point? 
Uh, we got about 11, but we got a couple guys on the injured list and uh, Stan not here yet, Sposo. So right. um, we, have, we actually probably have 12, but there may be like 10 available to us for these next, well, these five exhibition games. Uh, John Paddock is the general manager and the head coach of the Regina Pats, and he's my guest right now to uh, look ahead uh, to the coming season uh, from a Pats perspective. Uh, up front, well, of course, it starts with Connor Bedard, and everybody has uh, been focused on him since he entered the league. I guess the the general question is, what have you seen from him in terms of development and growth? I mean, he just he keeps getting better and better. I don't know if you can tell what the ceiling is for this guy. Yeah, very hard to tell, probably. Um, yeah, I think I saw his growth in the in the world junior, um, you know, to be honest, it's a training camp here where there's, uh, you know, age groups and he's a young player, but age groups from 15 to 20 and scattered about, um, I'm not really looking at him other than when he gets my attention. And, uh, I, you know, we know where we know what he is. He's a, potential generational player and certainly the key to our offense and key to our hockey team. All right. Well, beyond him, you've got other guys and uh, that uh, probably don't get as much attention as they, as they deserve because of how big of a shadow Connor cast. But uh, Tanner Howe was a tremendous player for you last year as a rookie, 69 points in 64 games. 27 of those were goals. Uh, what are you expecting from him in uh, year number two? Well, a little bit of growth and, uh, you know, continue on that path. Uh, Connor is a very good player, or sorry, uh, Howie is a very good player. He's he's very competitive. Uh, he's physically competitive. Um, has a good skill set. You know, performed well at the Linka that I saw and heard from guys on. So um, he's clearly a big part of our offense. Um, Boria Vallis um, looks like he's on the verge of taking a big step. And Cole Dubinsky's a solid veteran for us and Braxton Whitehead's been a real solid player, and so we're we think that we have a good foundation of relatively young forwards there. And you have a new uh, import as well, Alexander Suzdalev, uh, I believe a Washington Capitals uh, prospect. Has he reported to camp uh, yet, or is that going to be after the NHL camp? No, he's here. Uh, he's looked very good, um, really highly skilled, uh, very good skater. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a solid contributor for us and, and really help us. I think we have to, uh, you know, expect a little bit of growing and, and learning, uh, time for any player, one coming from Europe to a smaller rink and, uh, just the overall lifestyle adjustments. But, uh, he looks like he can be a very good player. Any other young guys who are just uh, forcing their way onto the roster or, or giving you a tough time, at least, uh, trying to make those decisions as, uh, as camp goes on? Well, well, We'll see. I think that our young players are, are too young yet for what we're trying to do this year and get an improved team. Uh, a couple of our, our first two picks from last year from the 07 group, these drafts being close together make it to where it right. But uh, uh, Cole Temple and uh, Cohen Allman are both very good players. Uh, but they're a year away from playing regular in the, in the Western Hockey League, but they're going to be good for the future of our hockey team. Uh, John, I'm, I'm sure the, the goal this year is at least the playoffs, if not more than that. Uh, you missed the playoffs by just two points last year, which I'm sure was a, uh, a tough pill to swallow. But uh, when you look at this group, 
and compare it to last year with so many returning players, you'd have to think it's just a natural progression to get it, you know, a, a further up the standings and other teams are going to kind of come back down to you. But where do you set the, the bar for success this year? How do you determine if it was a good year or not? Well, I think, you're, you know, when you start off, um, start off in September, everybody's tied for first place. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's a couple, you know, I think Winnipeg's going to be a really good team again. And Moose Jaw took a real step last year. Um, the lineup will change a little bit, but you know we, we need to make the playoffs. We think we can be a playoff team, and we aim to be whether that's through experience and the growth of our roster, or whether it's making a move or two. Um, we want to be in the playoffs. Well, you've got the best 17-year-old uh, player on the planet, and and I know that the question probably gets asked you all the time: if you get to January and you're you know not where you want to be, do you even consider making that uh, that decision to to move him? Well, I'm not considering it at all at this time. And like I said, if we have to make, uh, we're going to make moves or we have to make moves to improve our lot, that's that's the plan. Um, we want to take full advantage and provide Connor that kind of experience. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, last year, uh, maybe just a, a, a thought on yourself. Uh, missed some time last year. I know you had uh, cancer treatments and uh, COVID at the same time, which is just, I can't even imagine what that was like going through. But you're back on the bench now and, and doing both roles as head coach and general manager. Uh, great to be back. Feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling very good. Uh, I've come a long way since sometime in April. And uh, feeling good, don't really have uh, any you know, limitations I don't think that I didn't have before. Um, that uh, any 68-year-old man has. And uh, so I'm feeling real good. Um, I'm not too concerned about anything, and uh, I think it'll go fine. Excellent. Well, John, I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you and the Pats this season. I know you got an exhibition game uh, coming up this weekend against the uh, the Prince Albert Raiders, and I know uh, fans will be uh, pretty excited about this season, I think, in Regina. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, great. Thank you very much. A very concise general manager of the Regina Pats, that's John Paddock, who... Uh, doesn't waste any words when he's uh, doing interviews here on the Pipeline Show, that's for sure. I think this is going to be an improved team. The question is, are they a playoff team as they stand right now? And, you know, Stan Swazzle, I think, is a good player, and they get Suzdalev in. If he can be an impact guy, then you start rounding out that support cast. I think Tanner Howe is a terrific player, and they've got some depth. Cole Dubinsky's a guy as well. Uh, net mining, if they've shored that up with Cohen McInnes, we'll see how he fares if he is, in fact, their starter, or they, maybe they go a, a platoon system with him and, and Matthew Keeper, and, and maybe Drew Sim is in the mix. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think they have options, though. Maybe they can move a goaltender to a team that is without one. Like, well, right now the Winnipeg Ice don't have a starter because uh, Hauser has a, uh, is recovering from a broken ankle. We'll get to Winnipeg here later on in the show. Uh, Red Deer is without uh, a uh, number one guy in net. Basically, their goalies in Red Deer right now don't have, uh, the, I mean, there's very little experience there. So maybe they have options in uh, Regina where they can move a goaltender and fill another hole with a player. We'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, a big year for Connor Bedard. All right, next up, it is the Saskatoon Blades uh, up the highway uh, from Regina. Get to an arch rival. Colin Priestner, the general manager of the Blades, he joins me next via the Troubled Monk Hotline. You're listening to The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. And Doc will get back to it. Doc at his blue line. 
Comes to center, ducks around Leeson. In over the line on the wing, trying to go wide around Pahal, gets in front, shoots and scores! Ah, oh, let's go, Kirby Duck! Puts hand to the ear as if to listen for the booze from the crowd here at the Art Harris Center. But what a brilliant individual effort by Kirby Dock. And the Blades have opened the scoring in game two in Prince Albert. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades, and this is the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Fights like an old lady. Back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming as we continue on with the WHL team-by-team previews. This week, we are in the East Division. Uh, We've already done a couple of uh, squads. Next up, it's the Saskatoon Blades. But reminder, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. You don't have to be in Alberta. Anywhere in Western Canada, they will ship it to you. Just check out their website and place your order there. All right, next up, it's the Saskatoon Blades, and General Manager Colin Priestner is uh, back on the Pipeline Show. Colin, how are things? Oh, great. How are you? Doing terrific. Uh, looking forward to a couple of games between the Blades and the Oil Kings uh, this week. I know we'll get to one of them, but good to have some uh, preseason action here again. Yeah, it's nice for me because i uh, got a house in Edmonton. That's where my uh, family's from and my uh, wife's family's from, so... Uh... It'll be fun to play in front of some friends and family and uh, have a couple days there uh, in my home bed on the road. (laughs) How big of a camp did you have? Uh, How many players did you bring in this year? Um, Probably about 75, enough for four teams worth. And, uh, um, you know, your whole 50-man list or the vast majority of it. And then, uh, you know, 25 other guys that kind of come in as camp invites or free agent invites. And, uh, yeah, kind of worked our way down here to the low 30s, I would say, right now. And... uh, bringing that kind of group to Edmonton with most of the guys getting one game this weekend and then some of them getting two. 75 sounds like a lot of players. I think of the the teams that I've spoken with so far, it's the most that I've heard. Uh, is that a, a normal camp size for you or is that abnormal this year? It was a little bigger just because we've had these two drafts that, that both kind of happened in, in six months of each other instead of the usual year. So um, I think there were some that whole draft class, I think, in 2006 is going to be shuffled quite around all around the league over the next few years in terms of where guys were picked, in terms of where they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the limited window we had to watch them and with COVID and everything, uh, those kids never had the opportunity to, to even come to a camp before uh, they can make the team, which is 
crazy. So uh, now the opportunity is there for these kids to to really uh, come in, not only orient uh, orient themselves with what's going on and, and how to navigate our arena and what it's like to be a blade, but then also potentially make the team. So yeah. we thought of bringing in just a few more camp invites than normal, just given that those two years were, were so strange in terms of drafting. Makes sense to me. All right, before we can look at uh, this year's team, uh, let's look back at who's not back from uh, last year's uh, playoff roster for you, and that'd be up front Tristan Robbins uh, on the back end, uh, Rhett Reinhardt, and, of course, in that Nolan Meyer. Those are three awfully big pieces uh, that aren't with the team this year. Uh, anybody else from last year's club in, that you had in the playoffs who's not back? I know you made a couple of big trades here fairly recently. Yeah, a couple of those guys from those trades uh, obviously uh, were, were – uh, on the team last year and not. And then um, a couple of guys who were 19 last year and didn't uh, kind of fit into our overage picture with three guys. So uh, with, with Paulus and Boyko. So, um, you know, we didn't lose a ton of uh, quantity of players like we have in some previous years, but we certainly lost uh, some, you know, three 20 year olds that are, that are all pretty special and uh, really excited that all three are playing pro uh, pro hockey now uh, this year. So. All right. Well, let's uh, start in net. And uh, I believe well, you probably had six or seven guys at, at camp, but are you down to three now? Uh, we're down to three with uh, young Gardner, who's a 16-year-old goalie, and then our two kind of uh, veterans, so to speak. They, they're not veterans in terms of games played in the league <laughs> by any means, but uh, both 2004-born Ethan Chadwick and uh, Austin Elliott, and they're going to be kind of that uh, one-two, kind of one-A, one-B, and, and until things kind of work themselves out in terms of more of a pecking order, I think they come in uh, as a tandem and uh, Gardner's still pushing them at camp here, but, uh, you know, with two good 04s that both deserve a chance, I think that's most likely the way we're going to start the season. Well, Chadwick has more experience. He hasn't played a ton, but, uh, he's the, the higher draft pick as well, third round. Elliot, what a great story though. A 12th round pick, uh, both of them in 2019, but you don't see 12th round picks pan out all that much. And here's a guy who's uh, looking for starts on your team. Uh, what have you seen from him in camp? Well, he was great in camp last year. Um, you know, it was just, uh, we had Meyer, obviously, who was going to be taking the bulk of the starts, and we knew whoever was there was going to be there kind of more in a support role. And uh, Chadwick was a great teammate and, and very well-liked kid in the room, and, and uh, it's from Saskatoon. And, and Elliot had a great opportunity to go be a starter in Junior A uh, with Notre Dame, and he played a ton of games, and he got a ton of rubber, and uh, I think he was... SJHL player of the month one month he was rookie of the month a couple times and uh, I think he made 50 something saves in the playoffs and snuck a win over the eventual champions in the first round uh, so he he didn't get the WHL experience but he's probably got more experience in junior hockey playing games than Chadwick who who got into whatever it was 10 or 12 games last year but right. uh, yeah Elliot's uh, he's grown a lot when we drafted him he was I think 5'8 and 5'9 and we, we hoped he'd get a bit bigger and now he's over 6'1 so that's kind of what happens with goalies sometimes and uh um, you know, they're a good competitive group together and uh, they're going to push each other for sure with Chadwick and him to, you know, see if we can get some sort of, a, you know, a one and a two or if they're just going to be a, a tandem all year and, and push each other. And that's kind of one of the biggest questions we'll have going into camp. Well, that was my next uh, question. But uh, so I guess, well, they'll figure it out. They'll uh, they'll answer that question themselves, I guess, with the way they play. Uh, let's go to the uh, the back end. And uh, Aiden Dale Gorjandier is uh, your, your veteran guy uh, back there. Uh, who else is uh, the the notables on your blue line? For the casual fans who might not follow the the blades as much, or uh, listeners from outside the WHL market, you got some guys who might not be uh, household names across the country, but there's some talent back there for sure. 
Yeah, well, starting with Delagor Jandier, I mean, we really missed him in the last month or two of the season in the playoffs. He was uh, on a point-of-game pace for us as a 19-year-old. He was having a, a fantastic year, and uh, I think when he went down, our power play really went from 30% down to a lot lower. I mean, he was a real big part of that, and and he had season-ending shoulder surgery, so um, losing him for the playoffs uh, was, was obviously a big blow to us, and uh, having him back here and Hopefully he'll be ready to go for game one. He's just kind of getting cleared now. He's been skating and playing and uh, shooting. He's just got to be cleared now for full contact. And hopefully we'll have him for the start of the year. Um, and, and he's going to be a huge piece. But then we've got Tanner Mollendyke, who I think a lot of fans were got the opportunity to see uh, at the Holinka tournament this summer. Uh, I think he had the second most minutes on Team Canada of all their players. Uh, uh, had a fantastic tournament and was just a guy that I think put himself on the first round radar for this NHL draft. Uh, I think he's, he's, you know, we, we all knew that here in the Western league and especially in Saskatoon, but I think now everybody around the scouts around the NHL have now kind of got to see that, how good he is and what a world-class skater he is. He's tough. He's um, one of the best skaters we've ever had here and, and, and moves the puck. He's also really competitive on the other side of the puck too. And just everything you'd want in a, in a number one defenseman. I know he's 17 years old, but uh, he's clearly a, uh, a first round talent and something that we're going to be, it's going to be real exciting for him this year. And then we've got Charlie Wright who will be at Edmonton Oilers camp. He was there in the summer at their camp in the summer. And now he'll be there again, uh, starting in a week or two. And just a really complete, uh, 19 year old defenseman late birthday that, uh, uh, probably deserved to be drafted. Didn't get the offensive numbers last year. Maybe that he, he hoped he would, but I think that's, um, kind of a secondary part of his game. I think he's just a very good defender. He's skates incredibly well, uh, moves the puck well, uh, battles hard and a great leader, and he's now over six one himself. So I think he's a guy that'll definitely be pro- playing pro hockey in a couple of years. And, um, you know, he's definitely in our top three. And then a guy from 2004 born is a late birthday in that group uh, who really kind of emerged last year at the end of the year in the playoffs as a, a force to be reckoned with is Ben Saunderson, uh, a guy that uh, was a fourth or fifth round pick and just kind of kept getting bigger and better and gotten really good shape over the last two years uh finally learned that side of, of how important that was for him and you know he's uh you know he's been outstanding for us he's tough uh the dog everyone calls him and he's 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 one of those guys that every d likes to play with because he makes life easy he makes a good first pass and i think there's more offense there with him this year and i certainly see him getting drafted now as uh he enters his draft year as a late birthday 04 and then we've got veterans too that are fighting for spots like with that are fighting for top four spots with merrick schneider uh, who's who's really emerged in the last two years as a really steady right shot defenseman who's 19 years old. Spencer Chigru is the same age, uh, kind of. They don't come any tougher. Unfortunately, he's five foot seven or eight and a smaller <laughs> defenseman, but absolutely battles harder than anyone I've ever seen on on the back end. And then we've got uh, a European import in in Thomas Ziska who's come in and looked really good. Like I think he looks like a guy that could certainly be drafted as well. He's a big body, six one growing into his frame at 170 pounds, but there's certainly offensive instincts there and great skating. And there'll be some warts there learning the North American game for sure. But uh, he comes in as a guy that's certainly got some uh, pedigree. His dad played in the NHL for Los Angeles. And then uh, we've got two more D that are also knocking on the door here as well that played uh, an in-and-out role last year for us and in terms of Ryan Nolan and, and Tate Humphrey. So 9D right now, plus the young guys is uh, – you know, the 06 is an 07, so it's it's going to be very competitive to make our team. Nice to have uh, such a, a a group of returning guys. Like a, a, That's a large number of returning players from last year. So you have that continuity from one year to the next is a real bonus. Yeah, huge, huge for them. And, and 
you know, all those guys being a year older and better. And, you know, we didn't have Delego jean throughout the last month or two of the season and the playoffs and having him back is almost like adding, a, you know, we obviously lost Reinhardt, but mm-hmm. everybody loses uh, at least one defenseman, it seems like. But I think a lot of teams in our division lost two or three big name defensemen and, and, and getting Della back uh, really adds to, you know, and he's not going to be playing through that shoulder injury he's been playing through for two years. So, um, you know, it might take him a few months to get up to his full potential and speed, but uh, I think we're going to have a really solid decor and a decor that's going to push the pace. Uh, there's a lot of teams who uh, go out of their way to, to get like six foot three or six foot five defensemen. Uh, there aren't any players like that on your blue line. Is that by design or is it just uh, it happens to be the case right now? I think it just happens to be the case. I mean, when you look at our two kind of top end defensemen that we took in the draft high with Delegor Jandier and Molendijk, those guys are both six feet. But um, when you're picking fifth overall, you're not you're not picking for height at that point uh, unless there's a player that's super small or super big. But um, you know that might influence the decision. But you know these are just complete defensemen that you know uh, may not be huge by NHL standards, but they're certainly big enough and. Um, yeah, we've, we've signed a couple, uh, you know, we have a couple young defensemen in the system that we've just drafted in the last two drafts where we've kind of enhanced the size a little bit. We've got, I think, three or four defensemen that are still with us uh, from the 06 and 7 groups uh, that are over six feet or six one to anywhere from six one to six four, mm-hmm. uh, with our first round and second round picks in this past draft uh, with uh, Isaac Pohl uh, and Jordan Martin, both being over six one and, and Pohl being, I think, probably six three. And then we've got... Uh, Tate Humphreys is a big guy that's 6'4", uh, who played in the contacts last year. That just, we took in, I think, the ninth round in the 06 draft, and he's a perfect example of how that draft is going to be, you know, in my opinion, a, a completely different in two years when you look at re-ranking them because this is a guy that, uh, I mean, he has a chance to make our team right now, and he was a ninth-round pick as a 16-year-old. Now he's six foot four. He skates really well. He's mobile. He's, he's, he's making smart, simple plays, and I think he'll be a guy that uh, we're really curious to watch to – add a little size, but also at a young age that we never would have pegged a, a ninth-round pick at 16, who's from Saskatoon, to improve so much in such a short span of time. All right, uh, moving up front, and again, a lot of returning players, but a couple of big trades here over the last week that have changed the complexion of your club a, a little bit, uh, or even significantly. Uh, Kyle Krinkovic, who was fifth overall in league scoring last year for you, he goes to Seattle. You get Connor Roulette back, who's a really He's a solid player for sure. Dallas Stars prospect who uh, hasn't been signed yet. So uh, things, I mean, potentially he could be back as a 20-year-old next year. Uh, you also get Justin Lies out of Vancouver for Kieran Gronick. Uh, how do those two trades uh, come together for you, and, and why did you feel the necessity? I'm, I'm curious about the timing of it. Why before the season instead of like a month or two in? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was. Uh, it was one of those things that came up with Krinkovic kind of very quickly and it was probably the first deal I've ever done in my life where I got in the car to drive from Edmonton to Saskatoon and it's about a five and a half hour drive. And I started a conversation with Bill LaForge just out of my driveway uh, in the morning. And by the time I pulled into my driveway in Saskatoon, uh, the trade had been announced and I'd done media already for it and signed and I signed it with my finger on an e-signed document in Lloydminster. And <laughs> it was just one of those deals that happened quickly. And, and then later that day, uh, getting Lee's uh, was, you know, just kind of the cherry on top for us because uh, he's a guy we've coveted for, for many years trying to get him. And, and, uh, and uh, with the asset that we got on top of uh, roulette in that deal where we felt comfortable with kind of paying a good draft pick on top of a good young player in Gronick to, to go get Lee's because we think he's probably the toughest player in, in the league uh, or certainly in that division he was. And 
just adds a whole different dynamic to our team being a right shot and a power guy that's going to be at Vegas camp here and certainly looks like he can be a pro player. But uh, it came up basically like the impetus was that we had gotten, gotten word a little bit that Krinkovic had kind of been looking around in Europe a bit and seeing maybe mm-hmm. if he hadn't had any NHL camps yet, even though he'd been a top scorer, I think maybe a bit discouraged about that. Um, you know, being five foot six is difficult to to get those camp invites, but I thought he was certainly worthy of being at any number of NHL camps or being drafted late. And, and it just hadn't happened for him. And I think he had some agents in Europe that were reaching out to him, offering to kind of start his pro career uh, early. And once we got wind of that, um, you know, we certainly spoke to him and his agents, uh, uh, Scott Bonner and Jerry Johansson, who did a fantastic job with both sides, kind of working through a tough situation and, uh, ended up with a, a great result for both teams that Kyle gets a chance to go kind of to a different division here, a different conference, perform in front of some different scouts, maybe get a fresh, a fresh renewed look on things for North American pro. And then we get a NHL drafted 19 year old that we think is just a, a fantastic kid and is going to bring a different element than what Krinkovic brings, even though they're both really skilled and a little more size, um, great skater, just a lot, a lot to love with roulette. And he's just fitting really well uh, with Josh Pillar and, and Lee's, uh, coming from van uh, looks like that could be a line uh, to start the year so uh, i know those three will play together in edmonton this weekend and uh they're uh they're a heavy big very skilled line and fast so uh really excited so it did change the complexion of the team in a short period of time and i didn't intend to have two big trades in one day of the day before camp but it just (laughs) kind of happened that way and better to do these trades i think right before camp instead of disrupting camp and if kyle wasn't going to be at camp because he was considering going to europe it would have been a big distraction for us so right. uh getting him to you know uh, think that seattle was a great landing spot for him being a great team there and uh, it, it made sense to do it before camp started uh i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about the brad lambert trade uh, that happened at the end of uh, june as well i'm sure you're disappointed that you'd never get him into saskatoon you get something for the asset i don't know if he'll actually go to to uh, seattle or not uh, depends what winnipeg wants to do with him but um just your thoughts on not being able to get the player over and and getting at least something for him. Yeah, we were in kind of a, a position where we'd had him on our list for a couple of years. We we couldn't keep him on our list anymore as a European without uh, trading his rights or not using our other Euro pick. And uh, I don't know, I wasn't getting the indication from his agent, uh, talking to his agent throughout the summer. I didn't get the feeling like um, Junior was of a, a, a big interest to him and he really wanted to play pro. And, um, you know, we'd had two years of, trying to convince him to come and he stayed and played pro and and I just felt like to get a first a second a fourth a sixth and uh, uh, a, a really what I think is a high-end potential European younger kid I thought that package would be more than enough that if Brad does go to Seattle which I think there's a good chance he does um, then we that we, we already got the fourth and the sixth and of course we got to use our Euro pick but then we get a first and a second rounder uh, that were conditional on him signing so if he does sign with them then you know, we can use those first, second, fourth, and sixth and go out and get a equal quality player to him, and he'll he'll be a great junior player. But uh, I just felt asset-wise it was the best thing to do, and um, I didn't want to be waiting for months and months to see if he was going to show up, and, and I just thought this was the best thing for the Blades. And uh, now we've, we've got two first-round picks this year on top of what I think is a really good team, and so we're it, we, we don't have that pick yet unless Brad comes. But if he does come, we've got two first-round picks. So, right. Um, you know, that gives us some real flexibility as a manager to know that you can really add to your team throughout the year and not take away from the future too much. All right, well, let's go to the uh, the team that you actually have here and uh, with the forwards. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think you only have two 
2002 born player, so only two overage players uh, on your roster right now, which gives you some flexibility here moving forward, right? Yeah, with the Krinkovic trade, did able to get a year younger with Roulette. I think one of the big appeals there on top of Roulette was that uh, we needed a star player back, which we feel we got in, in Connor Roulette. And then having that open 20-year-old spot, and you know we have all the time. We're really confident with our team right now with what we have, and uh, we think we're a deep, good team. And now we can kind of be... We can be patient. We can wait till one of those guys who everybody thinks is going to stick in the AHL maybe gets sent back, and maybe there's a um, a guy or there's a team that has four real good ones and has to make a tough decision. Like we've been in that position a few years in a row where you have to trade a guy you didn't want to trade, but uh, now we can be kind of picky and and you know we can we don't have to rush into anything with that decision. So uh, it gives us good flexibility for sure. Colin Priestner, GM of the Saskatoon Blades, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, uh, courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. All right, when you're looking for offense from your team, we've mentioned Connor Roulette, uh, but there are other guys uh, that uh, are going to carry that load for you as well. Brandon Lazowski had a terrific season for you last year, ended up being a seventh-round pick by Toronto, which was a lot later than I expected him to go in the draft. It's going to be a, a pretty motivated guy, I would have to think. Oh, yeah, like he's uh, – I, I mean, that, that pick there I think is just reflective of that he is five eight and five eight and a half, and I think you know that limits you a little bit with some teams on your list. And uh, uh, there was some talk with NHL scouts about his skating, which I never could understand because I don't know if there's a player in our division last year who had more breakaways than this kid. With um, uh, he, he to me, he's a great great skating forwards. I mean, he can work certainly on his lateral skating a bit, but I think he's a steal for Toronto. There, he's a he's a natural sniper. He's got a fantastic NHL level shot right now just the stuff he does even in camp with his shot, everybody kind of gasps every time he shoots the puck because he has that really special release. And, you know, I think there's no reason he can't get 40 to 50 goals this year for us. And had 33 last year uh, as a 17-year-old and has a ton of confidence. He's already in Toronto. They wanted him there early, so they clearly like him. And I think he's a guy that uh, with Sidorov as kind of him and Sidorov and Wong played together last year on, on, a, on a young line last year. That was until Wong... Uh, I think Wong had a 13-game point streak when he was kind of hit with a wayward cross-check in his in his kidney and ended up having to miss a month and a half from a, a kind of a, just a fluke accident that happened there on the ice or incident. And uh, but at the time, I thought they were one of the best lines in the division. They were just constantly cycling other teams. And Sidorov's another guy that I think definitely should have been drafted. He had 25 goals, I believe, as a 17-year-old who didn't even speak English most of the year. And I see him as a guy that can certainly push for 40 goals this year. And then Trevor Wong is, is as everyone knows, uh, highly skilled, uh, extremely smart, big leader, uh, competitive. And I think that's going to have the makings of a of a line that's going to be just extremely hard to handle for, for other teams as they were last year before they were kind of separated by the injury. Who haven't we mentioned yet, Colin, that uh, you think is going to uh, get some uh... – uh, draw some attention this year for you. Well, Josh Pillar, I think, is uh, a guy that uh, you know we acquired last year through some difficult circumstances, uh, and and what a what a change six months has made. And, and he's he's in a great place right now. He looks fantastic on the ice. He's got a smile on his face. He's faster. He's uh, just just makes you really really happy for a kid when when they can overcome some tough times and, and get in a better place mentally and and physically and um he looks like an absolute force he looks like the kind of guy that uh um has a chance to play in the nhl one day at this level that he's at and i know um dallas has been or uh, montreal or <laughs> minnesota i believe drafted him and they, yeah. they were really happy with his summer camp so um he's a guy that i think 
can anchor a first line at center or right wing with the roulette and leaves uh, and really give us a veteran hard to play line and, and then gives us the ability to have uh, Jaden Weens, who I don't know if people realize outside of the Saskatoon, but like he's a, he was a 20 goal guy last year as an 18 year old who had missed a full year of hockey. Uh, he didn't play in the hub and had kind of decided to leave the game for a bit and came back really quickly before camp last year. And he still had 20 goals. Um, and, and he's a guy that, that could be uh, potentially, you know, real diamond in the rough for, for us in terms of what other teams kind of know about him. And he's, he's very good. And, and uh, I think he's going to be part of our top nine in a big way. And, and then we've got a, a ton of O fives that are, that are really good players that Tyler Parr is a guy that's kind of jumped off the page here. He had a good rookie year at 16. He's going to be, um, he's faster and he's bigger. Um, I think he's a, uh, uh, a top nine guy. And then we've got Lucas Hansen, who was our second round pick in 05, who unfortunately last year with concussion, we had to shut down for the season just after Christmas. So he really didn't get a chance to play much last year. And he's a guy that has nothing but uh, potential for us to jump up the lineup. And he's looked great at camp and through preseason so far. So uh, kind of a forgotten guy because of uh, all the injuries, but uh, a guy that I think has a good chance to be drafted with his packaging speed and skill and tenacity fifth place finish in the uh, whl's eastern conference last year where do you set the bar for success this year how do you determine if it was a uh, a year that came together for you or not well i mean we want to you know our motto kind of internally right now is to go from good to great i thought we were a good team last year we we battled through a lot with a young group um came up short against a really good moose jaw team in the playoffs and um you think our youth showed for sure in that playoff series and in a couple of different ways especially with uh um you know, missing Delagor Jean Deere and Robbins was, was probably too much for us to overcome. And, and Moose Jaw is a great team as, and, and they still do. So, um, I think they'll learn from it. I think we got a lot bigger over the summer with a couple of deals we've made and a little harder to play. And, and, you know, we want to compete. Uh, we want to win the division this year. That's our goal. So, um, I think that's going to be, uh, we've got that 20 spot to use, uh, to help us along the way. And, and we've got potentially two first rounders this year to use along the way. So we're, we're kind of, we're in a mindset right now of going from good to great, and, and that's kind of our plan. Excellent. Colin, I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing your club this weekend here in Edmonton, and then once the uh, the regular season gets going, it uh, should be a fun year for the Blades. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you at the rink. The Saskatoon Blades, courtesy General Manager Colin Priestner. You tell me, are they a better team than they were last year? Do you think they'll finish higher than fifth in the conference? They might be higher than fifth. Will they be higher than third in the division? I still think they're chasing uh, both Winnipeg and Moose Jaw, but they might finish ahead of the second-best team in the Central Division, though, and lock down home ice advantage in the first round. There's lots to like with the Blades. There are question marks, though, especially in net after uh, Nolan Meyer. I mean, he's been that guy uh, for them for the last uh, number of years, man. It seemed like he was there forever. But end of an era, that opens the door for somebody else. Who's going to become that guy for Saskatoon? We'll find out as the season gets going. You can always chime in with your thoughts on Twitter, at TPS underscore Gee, let me know. Do you think Saskatoon's better than they were last year, or do you think they're about the same, or do you think they're worse than last year? And in terms of the standings, fifth place, better or worse? Let me know, at TPS underscore Gee. Continuing on with the East Division previews, next stop is Moose Jaw, and head coach Mark O'Leary tells us about the Warriors. That's next, here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Down on the end boards. Brandon turns it over. Peck Ford comes around. Has Woo shot. He scores. 
Chet Wu snaps it far side over the glove of Logan Thompson, and the Warriors have extended their lead. Hi, this is Chet Wu from the Moose Jaw Warriors, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Sarah from Buford loves Wilhawk beef jerky. My husband is an expressive <gasps> fan, prone to waving his arms about, which is unfortunate for those next to him. And the snacks. Do you know how hard it is to get salsa out of carpet? It was a miracle when I found Wilhawk beef jerky. No more crushed chips strewn about or toppled dips. A fistful of jerky can be waved about with little mess to clean up later. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Jive Turkey is a little over the line, my man. Back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky, but you don't have to be in the Edmonton area to get it anywhere in Western Canada. Any order, any size, anywhere, they will ship it to you. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. It's W I L H A U K beefjerky.com. Next up on the tour through the East Division is Moose Jaw with the uh, the new look Warriors. A great new rebranding for the uh, Moose Jaw Warriors, and uh, pleased to be joined now for the first time by a uh, head coach Mark O'Leary. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you making uh, time like this. Uh, camps obviously uh, still ongoing and into the exhibition season now. How many players did you have coming into camp? Uh, we started out with about uh, 75, I think, in and around there. And uh, we have it down to about 33 players now. So uh, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of work getting to this point, but it's the best time of year. 75 is a pretty big number to start with. Uh, is that a, a larger group than normal? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I think that uh, coming into this year, really, it's the first uh, year really back to normal where we can, you know, we get all the, we have a lot of 07s and a lot of 06s to, to look at. We wanted to give everybody a fair shake. And I think... Uh, you know, Jason and, and his staff have done a pretty good job of, you know, getting players in here. And uh, now it's the time to have a look, see what we have. All right. Well, before we look ahead to the uh, coming season, uh, let's reflect on last year's roster and who's not back from, from last year's team in the playoffs. The uh, O1s that you had back then, uh, Cordell Larson up front, as well as uh, Majid Kudura on the back end and uh, Carl Tetachuk in net. Uh, but you're also going to lose uh, a couple of other guys as well. I, I don't believe uh, you're expecting Ryder Korzak to suddenly be back from Rangers camp for you, right? No, that's right. Ryder's, uh, you know, he's a signed uh, New York Ranger prospect. And, you know, we're hoping that uh, he can take the next step and play in the American League this year. And, um, you know, that's the that's the plan for him and certainly his goal. Uh, leaves, uh, leaves us with pretty much everybody else coming back. So it's... Uh, you know, it's tough to lose those bodies that you mentioned, but, you know, at the same time, it's uh, it's an exciting year to have this many returning faces. Uh, what about Damon Hunt on the back end? Maybe another one that uh, we would love to have back for one more year. Okay. But uh, I think out of everybody, he's uh, he's a guy that's most pro-ready, I think. he's uh, He had a heck of a year last year, real tough injury-wise, but, um, you know, he's certainly our best player and our captain, but you know, he won't be back as well. Okay. And, uh, the last guy in that category I wanted to ask about is Cole Jordan. I know he's a 2021 draft pick and I'm not sure if Calgary has signed him or not yet. Uh, what's his status for you? No, Cole's, uh, Cole's back here and looking to have a, a real big year. 
he's a guy that uh, he spent all off season in Calgary training with their staff, and I think that was that was great for him. But um, we expect Cole here as a as a 20 year old this year, trying to to earn a contract and take the next step in his career. Excellent. All right. Well, let's begin uh, with your net mining position. And I mentioned Ted Chuck not back this year. Uh, so who are your uh, goaltenders that you have uh, still remaining? Well, we have Connor Unger, another uh, 20-year-old uh, that we made uh, a trade for from, from Red Deer. And, um, you know, similar to Carl Tedichuk, we're looking for a 20-year-old character person. And that's certainly what uh, Connor has a reputation of being. He's made a real good impact here in the early going in camp. He's, uh, he's in great shape, which uh, is the first thing we ask. And he's just a good person. So, you know, he's going to be a great uh you know, reference and, and leader for the next guy on the list, which is Jackson Unger, uh, 17-year-old returning for his second year, uh, looking to, to take a step. He's obviously the future of the organization, um, someone that we expect to be a, a starter next year for us. But between those two, I think uh, it'll be great competition for for starts this year, and that's what you want on any uh, on any team. And uh, the other two guys that we still have at camp here is Justin Merrick. He's a he's an 04 that came over with uh, Connor from Red, Red Deer. Gives us a little bit of goaltender depth. And uh, Jonah Tonhauser, he's a he's our 07 draft pick that we just uh, we just had, and uh, giving him some experience as well. All right, with the two Ungers, same last name, spelled slightly different. It's uh, an A R and an E R. Uh, if you're in uh, elementary school and the teacher's got three Davids in class, they, you know it's going to be David A and David B and David C or whatever. How do you separate these two guys? I haven't completely decided yet. I know I call uh, Jackson Unger. He's uh, he's Boog, so he it's a nickname he picked up last year. So it might make it a little bit easier. We can uh, we can just stick with that. What was that nickname? <laughs> Boog. Boog. B O O G. I'm pretty sure Jagger Furkus came up with that one, but uh, I'm not uh, not even sure how. Oh, there's got to be a story there. It sounds good, so we just go with it. So we got Unger and Boog. All right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving forward with your uh, defensive group and mentioned that uh, Kadura not back, Hunt not back, but you do still have Cole Jordan. You still got Max Warner and, of course, Denton Matejchuk. So you got a pretty good nucleus to build around. Uh, who else? Uh, well, maybe to start with those three guys and just how impactful they are on your blue line and, and uh, certainly Matejchuk. Uh, coming back uh, after a, a season where he's drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round, this is—I mean—you got a terrific defensive group. Yeah, those three, along with Lucas Brenton, another guy that you know is uh, back for really his third full season, but he even played games as a 16-year-old, so he's another 19-year-old guy. And those four guys are going to be certainly the pillars of you know any success that we want to find this year. And um, you know, I think the the biggest thing with all four of them that sticks out is uh, number one, they're, they're great people. And number two, they're competitive. And I think that that really sets the, the standard for our, for our group. And, uh, you know, moving forward, I think that, you know, on any team that wants to win games during regular season and playoffs, it starts with a good back end. And that's what those four guys are going to bring to us. And after that, it's, uh, we have Gallant, Wilson and Howell. Um, you know, Gallant's uh, an 18 year old this year and, he had a pretty good rookie season last year. Uh, you know, a guy that can really skate and make plays, and you know, learning to you know to play uh, on the other side of the puck. And uh, Cosmo Wilson joined us uh, late last year as a 16-year-old, but 
it was great for him to get the next for us, and he's looking to take another step. And and then Merrick Howell, our 06 first round pick, and he's had a really good training camp. Another guy that uh, he's physically fit. He had a real good under 17 camp, and you know we're looking for him to to make an impact even as a 16 year old. And big, six foot two, uh, Merrick Howell, and to, to go along with six two Cole Jordan and six four Lucas Brenton and six three Max Warner, you got a lot of beef on the back end. Is that by design? Do you do you enjoy having a, a big uh, presence on the blue line? Well, it's one thing that you can't teach, and we certainly don't have to teach it as coaches. So it's it's nice to have, and um, you know Brody Tallman and Brady Ness, uh, another couple guys that we have still at uh, camp here. Uh, competing for spots, they're uh, they're not small either. And I think that, you know, if uh, number one, you have to be able to skate, whether you're defensive or forward, you have to be able to skate. But if you have size, that's something that really helps to defend. And um, you know, it's obviously something that uh, our scouting staff and Jason like to have. But you know, it's fine by me for sure. All right, uh, coach, let's go to the forward group. And uh, you got a. Last year you had a, a young but exciting team, and uh, you came through Edmonton at some point, I want to say it was around February, and you blew the Oil Kings out of the building in their own barn. It was the most dominating performance uh, loss that I'd seen the Oil Kings suffer in many a year, uh, and it was largely because of that uh, offensive uh, firepower that you have. I, who do you want to start with? I mean, you have so much talent up front. Yeah, I think that uh, you know the, dyna- the dynamic duo of Braden Yeager and Jagger Furcus, I think are two players that you know, fans love to come watch. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, between the two of them, I'll just go back to the same things I mentioned with, with our defensemen. It's, it's number one, you know, they're great people and they, they're great teammates, which makes it, uh, you know, fun to be around for both coaches and teammates. They have infectious personalities, but they're, they're driven to, to be great. And I think when you combine that with their skill level, I think that's what, um, you know, brings that excitement to uh, to our style of play. So there's certainly two guys that we're looking to uh, you know take another step and be just what they were last year. And uh, after that, it's you know Eric Allery is a guy that you know coming into his fourth year here, uh, he's came he's come into camp in unbelievable shape. Uh, he's another guy that uh, you know it's hard to get him off the ice or out of the gym. He's always working on something and. Um, you know, I expect real big things from Eric and then Atlee Calvert, um, you know, he's kind of a, a Swiss army knife for a coach. He's a guy that uh, can play in any and all situations. He's about as honest as they come and just a, a real leader on and off the ice. So, you know, those, uh, those are four big pieces and certainly it starts there, but, um, I think training camp has told us one thing so far it's, uh, it's really exciting to, to see the, the skill level, not only with our returning players, but the guys coming up as well. Are uh, both of your import players from last year back again? Yeah, Martin Rysavi is actually in Columbus right now um, with the Blue Jackets, and then Robert Bacco, both guys are, are returning. And we know that's important as well. Sometimes, you know, as an 18-year-old last year for both of them, it's, it's a learning curve, mm-hmm. uh, getting used to the to the game over here, so... You know, to have that confidence coming in as 19-year-olds and, you know, we know what we're going to get in them, I think that helps both sides. Uh, and with your uh, overage situation, uh, we mentioned Cole Jordan on the back end. Um, do you have another, like up front, is there uh, an overage player or do you have vacancies to, for a couple of guys? 
No, that's a vacancy right now. So just between uh, Connor Hunger and Cole Jordan, those are the only two overagers. Right. And, uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what shakes out here in the in the coming weeks. But I think it's a it's a great opportunity for you know guys like Nathan Pilling and Ben Wright who you know have had really good really good training camps here and I'm excited for them to get an opportunity to play with some pretty good players up in the lineup. Well, that's where I was going to go is uh, who haven't we talked about yet? Maybe guys who were depth players for you last year that might be able to take a step forward here as opportunity presents itself. Anybody else come to mind? Yeah, I just, again, with those, with those two, I think that every year, you know, in the summertime, you're going over rosters and possible line combinations and you're looking for guys to jump off the page for you and in training camp and Nathan Pilling and Ben Reich obviously had real big summers. Ben is a 16 year old last year, probably could, could have played for us, but just, uh, we thought it was best for him to go back to midget and have a good year, which he did. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's looked really good in terms of, you know, skating and making plays and Nathan Pilling, um, a big guy that has all kinds of, all kinds of skill and potential. And another guy that just really is driven and does whatever uh, he needs to do. So all those guys, uh, you know, have had good starts to the season here. And then Riley Nevin and Josh Hoekstra, two 19-year-olds that, um, you know, they're they're guys that, you know, they, they do the work. You know, they're first on pucks and uh, guys like to play with them. Um, you know, they're, they're willing and ready to play the, the physical side of things and do a little bit of the grunt work. So those would be guys that we'll have to lean on as well and then after that it's you know tate chauffeur thomas tn two 18 year olds this year that got their feet wet last year as 17 year olds and they're looking to take a step and um and lyndon lakovic he's a an 06 16 year old and harper lolliker a couple guys still uh you know trying to make spots and earn spots on our team and um it's an exciting time for sure well, last year, a uh, fourth-place finish in the Eastern Conference. You get to the second round of the playoffs, uh, and you've come short against the uh, the Winnipeg Ice, but that's a team that you're probably competing with for top spot in the conference this year. Uh, where do you set the bar for success? Is, I mean, is it win the division, win the conference, or uh, you're, you'll be uh, disappointed? Well, the honest the honest truth there is, in terms of our organization and our, you know, our mentality around any of that is we prefer standards over any type of goals. I think that um, if we try to put a label on where we want to be um, at the end of the year, you know, sometimes that's not always in your control. You know, you look at any team that has success, you know, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be healthy. You're going to have some things go your way and have some guys that have really big years. So for us, it's uh, just keeping our mind on the, on the standards that we have here day in and day out. And we know that if we meet those standards, the results will be there in the end because of the, you know, the skill level and the ability of all the players that we just mentioned. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited about this year. It's it's a year that uh, I think our players have been looking forward to for a long time. So expectations are high. We know that, but again, we're trying to stay in the moment here and just concentrate on the standards that we have. Mark O'Leary is the head coach of the Moose Jaw Warriors, and uh, I, I mentioned the the new the rebranding of the Warriors. And I grew up in CFB Cold Lake, so I know all about the uh, the Snowbirds, the uh, uh, aerobatic team uh, that are based out of Moose Jaw. Uh, I think it's a great look. The response from the fan base, I'm sure, mostly positive. I'm sure there are you get questions of what are the uh, what's the plane all about, and uh, how does it connect to the Warriors overall? Though positive response in general. 
Yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, to be honest, it's been uh, it's been great. I know our our players, you know, their first uh, look at the jerseys and uh, the whole rebranding was uh, was really good. They're excited about it. Um, I just think it's a it's a no brainer, and they've done a real good job. I think uh, you know I've certainly been asked, um, you know, whether it's from people uh, not so much locally but outside, just mm-hmm. what the connection is there and. It's a story we're happy to tell. You know, our uh, relationship with the uh, with the Snowbirds has been in place for a long time, and I just think that it's a, a match made in heaven. And um, you know, the the jerseys are sharp. Looks fantastic, and I can't wait to see your club uh, roll through Edmonton again. The Oil Kings might not be happy about it, based on that one game uh, last year. I mean, that was such a dominating performance. Go back to that night. I mean, th- what went right for you outside of everything? Well, I remember the weekend because I I think that we got uh, I think we were on the other end of uh, of one on uh, on part of a whether it was that road trip or earlier against Calgary and I think that uh, it was right around a point where we were um, you know we kind of took a turn for for the good I just think that it was one of those things where um, our players. We kind of took a turn that time in the year where our players just really understood what it was that, you know, brought success for them individually and where they fit in with the group. And it was uh, it was just one of those games that we had a real good start. They started feeling good about themselves and they just continued doing it. So I just remember I remember the game well, but I just remember a lot of excitement around uh, the players individually and as a group. 8-1, a final score, and that was that was the game that, in my mind, uh, made it, okay, the Moose Jaw Warriors are for real. Pretty impressive win that night, and uh, should be another excellent season for the Warriors. Uh, Coach, I appreciate your time. Good luck this year. All right. Thanks very much, Dean. The Moose Jaw Warriors in uh, the spotlight, courtesy of the head coach, that's uh, Mark O'Leary. I quite enjoyed that conversation. First time Mark's been on the uh, show uh, but I'd like to have him on again. James Gallo is such a good guest, though, too. Whenever I want to talk Moose Jaw, there's no shortage of uh, quality guests to get on, that's for sure. Speaking of quality, that's a good team. And I like that they were aggressive and went out and got a goaltender who can play in the league. And you're looking at other teams right now, and, you know, what's uh, Red Deer going through? What's Winnipeg going through with the goaltenders? Ooh, big question marks next to them. So good on Moose Jaw for being proactive. That's a good team. And I think they're right at the top of the Eastern Conference. You know, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good dogfight between the, they and Winnipeg once again. And because of the goaltending situation as it is right now in early September, maybe that gets sorted out in Winnipeg before the start of the year. But I think you have to give uh, Moose Jaw the edge at the moment because of the situation between the pipes. What do you think? Let me know on Twitter at TPS underscore Gee. We've got two more teams to get to. That would be the Raiders and the Ice. Well, let's go up to Prince Albert. New head coach, Jeff Truitt. He joins me next, courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline, right here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Minnesota selects as the first pick in the 1988 entry draft. From Prince Albert, Mike Medano. Hey, this is former Prince Albert Raider Mike Medano, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Go Raiders, go! Go Raiders, go! The green, white, and gold theme is Go Raiders, go! Take on the roughest and welcome the toughest, but the song in Prince Albert is Go Raiders Go. 
Oscar from Atchison loves Wilhawk beef jerky. I'll never forget it. Heading to the lake. Three screaming kids in the back. Let's get ice cream, we said. Sour, soupy sundaes all over the van. But then I found Wilhawk beef jerky. Tender, seasoned pieces of meat smoked to perfection. Perfect for keeping little mouths busy. And best of all, no sloppy surprises. And I always make sure to bring a little extra to eat around the campfire. Thanks, Wilhawk. Wilhawk beef jerky. It's the best. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I heard about that thing on the AM radio. Back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, brought to you, of course, by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky, but you can get it anywhere in Western Canada by going to wilhockbeefjerky.com, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com. Our next stop on the tour through the WHL's East Division is up in Prince Albert, the uh, Prince Albert Raiders, who finished eighth in the WHL's Eastern Conference last year. Uh, new head coach, but a familiar face around the Western Hockey League. He's been uh, in and around the league for the most part since uh, the early uh, 1990s. Uh, Jeff Truitt is the, the new head coach for Prince Albert. Uh, Jeff, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Really good, Guy. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you again. I know uh, you had an exhibition game uh, last night. At this point, uh, through uh, training camp and now into the full exhibition the season, how many players did you, did you bring into camp to start with? Uh, camp was right around 65 or so. We had uh, you know four teams going, which was great. It's a little bit bigger camp than what we had. Uh, you know, COVID obviously did a number on on us along with all the other teams too and the right. rosters were very small so it's nice to get up to that number again and see some see some more kids that were you know deserving of an invitation to come to our camp uh, along with our our draft picks that we it was a two draft pick year this year to have our kids in so the numbers were up a little bit which was great and i'm hearing from everybody else uh, that 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 was a nice size to have where you get two draft classes in like that for basically the first time but it was uh, it, for most people, it led to a pretty competitive camp. For you, the same? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, having those two draft classes in here, now you're seeing, you know, the kids that might have gone in that first draft, you know, and then the the guys in that second draft that uh, that might be a little bit younger, but, you know, some of those kids are, were, were right there. So, the, you know, you mix that in with a little, you know, some of the uh, invitees, and, uh, boy, it sure did make for a good camp. And, uh you know, very competitive uh, that way. All right, before we look ahead to uh, who you have still in camp and into the uh, season here, uh, we've got to look back and uh, who's not back with the team from the playoff roster. And I think you only lost two 20-year-olds from last year. That'd be Reese Vitelli and, and Remy Aquilon. But I'm sure there are uh, a couple of other players who aren't back from last year's playoff team. Or is everybody returning? Well, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody's, uh, you know, returning at this point in time. We've got the four 20-year-olds and Trevor Thurston and... Uh, uh, Keaton Sorensen. Uh, we've got Evan Herman uh, in as well, uh, and uh, Landon Kozier. Landon Kozier, yeah, yeah, right. is is there? I was just I was just going through the papers here, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, four quality young men that we're going to want to take a look at here. Uh, you know, as exhibition goes on, and and uh, you, you just never know. I mean, Landon's going to uh, LA's camp, and uh, you know, anything can happen. I know that. Uh, He's been there before last year. Uh, anything can happen until you, until they walk back into your room. You just never know. So you know those are going to be decisions that are going to come down, down to the final, uh, final line here. So you know to do what's best for our team, whether or not we keep the 
the two twenty year old uh, defenseman or keep our two twenty year old forwards. Uh, that remains to be seen. We'll see where uh, Landon Kozier lands first. I was curious about Ozzy Weisblatt because he's he is signed. He's twenty years old. He can play in the American Hockey League. But it's San Jose that drafted and signed him, and we've seen in recent years that they've returned those guys to the WHL. In Tristan Robbins last year with Saskatoon, and and Noah Gregor with you guys uh, a couple of years before that. Uh, any uh, chance that Ozzy's back, or do you know already that he's not returning? No, I don't know that at all, and uh, you know we're we're hoping for Ozzy to uh, you know do the best that he can, obviously in San Jose's camp, and uh, you know if he gets assigned to the American League, then then uh, you know that's great too for him. If he comes back, we're prepared uh, for that. Okay. Uh, you know he is our roster guy and whatnot, so we just have we haven't no I haven't talked to San Jose here uh, since the summertime about him, uh, so you just never know, but. Uh, you know, it would be a welcome addition to have a guy like him with his firepower back in the lineup as well. All right, well, let's uh, start in net. Uh, who are the goaltenders do you still have uh, with the team right now? Uh, we still got, uh, obviously, our two returning guys, T-Con Chaika and Max Hildebrand uh, are in. Uh, our young goaltender, uh, Cooper Anderson out of Victoria, has come in here, who has really grown into a, uh, you know, a solid goaltender. We just signed him here the other day. Uh, real promising young goaltender. He played in our exhibition game half the game here last night and uh, was real good. Uh, he, he's one of these guys from Victoria that, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he's basically a bit of an unknown, but he's gone through the BC provincial, uh, I guess, evaluation process. And he's beat out a lot of goaltenders to put himself on the radar. And he's come in here and he, he hasn't disappointed at all. In fact, you know, we signed him here the other day, so we see him as a, a real bright future guy for us. So those are the three goaltenders that we've got in camp. All right, but, uh, I mean, Cooper Anderson, he's uh, 2007, so you don't expect he's going to play much Correct. for you this year. So Chaika and Hildebrand will be your duo going into the season? Yeah, exactly. That's the way it's going to go. On the back end, uh, I, I'm assuming Nolan Allen is uh, uh, back as a, a 19-year-old, uh, drafted in the first round by Chicago, but not old enough for the American League, so I would assume that you're expecting him back. And uh, to have a guy of his caliber, I mean, he is your he's he's now your bona fide uh, number one guy on the on the blue line. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, we're expecting him to challenge perhaps for a World Junior spot as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're really expecting good things out of him and uh, you know Landon Kosher as well. Pretty good tandem last year. Probably will be the same thing this year. All right. When you're looking at the rest of your defensive core, is there sort of an identity that's developed from that group here through camp? And, and in, as you head towards the season, what's the what's your sense of what your blue line is all about? Well, I think our blue line is, you know, we're going to move pucks quick. We've got good mobility back there, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, Justice Christensen, a 17-year-old at a Red Deer. I mean, uh, you know, a real good player that has been on our radar for a while. We signed him, uh, great mobility, puck mover. Uh, you know, he's an all-around responsible guy. Terrell Goldsmith, uh, who's a returning defenseman, 17-year-old here this year. You know, big, powerful guy. You know, 6'4", um, you know, about 210 pounds. Uh, he's, he's got a real man frame to him. And, you know, another good puck-moving guy and physical presence. And uh, Trevor Thurston, the, the, the 20-year-old, you know, he's a responsible uh, guy who's had a real good training camp for us, moving pucks and being creative and, you know, really taking a leading, uh, a leaning uh, charge on things, and then uh, Eric Johnson uh, that we acquired from Edmonton on the trade with uh, Caden Gooley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, another mobile guy who can move a puck, he can shoot a puck very well, and you know, a real good vocal guy. So I think on our back end, you know, 
with the 17, uh, 18, and 19 year old in, in Kosher as a 20, that you know, we've got a lot of mobility back there. It's going to be the strength of our club. And a good mix of size as well. Some guys who are six two and six three, and but you've got some of the uh, the the more average size guys maybe uh, leading towards more of the mobility side of the of the ledger. Yeah, exactly. I think we got a good mix of a lot of guys uh, with size and mobility. You know, like you say, we got some taller guys, we got some smaller guys, but you know, the common thing with all these guys is that they're puck movers and and they do they are mobile. They're a mobile unit, which is exactly mm-hmm. the way we want to play. Jeff Truitt, the head coach of the Prince Albert Raiders, my guest here on the Pipeline Show, joins me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline as we uh, preview the Raiders for the upcoming season. Uh, now you got a couple of 20-year-olds uh, up front as well, and Keaton Sorensen and Evan Herman, uh, both guys who have been in the league for a long time now. Uh, who else is uh, going to le- help lead the attack uh, along with those two? Well, I think you take a look at a Sloan Stanek, uh, you know, that uh, was with us half of the year last year that we acquired a trade with Regina. Uh, you know, a real solid, uh, you know, com- you know, competitor and, and helps out offensively. A responsible guy who really kind of took it to another level with his skating and conditioning this summer. And uh, he looks real good in camp. And Carson Latimer, uh, fourth round draft pick out of Ottawa, uh, that we believe is, you know, he's got great speed. Uh, you know, we're always looking for our 19 year olds to step up and obviously uh, be a scoring threat and whatnot. And even with him being a drafted guy that, uh, you know, we certainly lean on him to 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 do good things as well, and and then we got Vyacheslav uh, <clears throat> Shilo, uh, the returning European, uh, looking for him to. He, he was kind of an experimental year last year for him because it was all new and everything. But usually, my experience is that uh, the second years those those guys are over here, they get a lot more comfortable quicker and have more of an impact. So we take a look at at him as well. Uh, to, to carry the load offensively. Go back to Latimer for a second. We knew here with the Edmonton Oil Kings, you got him in that uh, Caden Gooley deal. Um, I know he ended up with, I think, 32 points in 40-ish games uh, for you last season, 44 games. Uh, was it a, a quick transition for him to get used to a new club, or did it take him a little while to, to come around and uh, more of a start slow and end strong with you? Yeah, I think that's the way it was, you know, coming here. You know, he was excited about coming here. Obviously, disappointed. He knew that Edmonton was going to go on the on the run, but uh, you know, he he accepted us, you know, with open arms, and and we did as well. So I I think it was a matter of him just getting, you know, accustomed to what we do, how we play, you know, how we how we are with our players, and you know, interact and support and and things. And he he really appreciated everything that we've done and. Now he knows exactly what's going on, you know, on and ice, on the ice and off the ice. That you know, he's a lot more comfortable this year. Had a great fitness testing with us. He's prepared to go into Ottawa and, and you know make a real good case for him for himself. It's a big camp for him. So I think that uh, you know he's gotten off to a great start, uh, you know, through training camp and and uh, going into Ottawa's camp here. So he's he's adjusted himself very well. Uh, you know, late last year, and we're looking forward to him to you know kind of exploding this year early in the season. Coach, I'm wondering if there are guys who were maybe depth players for you last year, or potential rookies this year who are going to uh, that you're expecting maybe under the radar a little bit right now, but guys who are going to impress the fans and and maybe uh, take a a good run at moving up the depth chart here early on. Well, from a, from the returning guy standpoint, Neil Crocker, I think uh, you know is one that's just kind of. He's been there for us, you know, over the last couple of years. But uh, you know, point production wise, you know, hasn't really contributed the way that he wanted to, you know, in particular. 
but uh, he's coming to camp looking real well, you know, doing things he needs to do. He's, he's been involved in the scoring uh, in, in not only inner squad, but, uh, you know, in the exhibition game the other day, he's just doing very good things, whether or not that goes into the, into the points on the, on the score sheet, but what he does to create those types of things or, or you know, to aid in, in, in scoring opportunities is what I've noticed an awful lot through this training camp. So the, one of those guys is, is Neil Crocker, the returning, but you know, we've got two really good rookies in here in Ryder Ritchie, uh, out of Kelowna, uh, 16 year old dynamic skill, uh, awareness on the ice. He can finish. He's, he's scored <laughs> in more games than he hasn't in training camp. And he had two last night in, uh, in, uh, big river. So, uh, he's a real good player, really good awareness. And then uh, Cole appeared in our first Brown pick. Uh, you know, he's a bigger guy in the middle, uh, 200 foot game. He's got a nice combination of, you know, puck skills and yet hard compete. So, you know, I think those two are going to be the, the guys outside of, uh, are up on front, up front. But then you take a look at Justice Christensen on the back end. I think he's a real, a real dynamic, uh, you know, puck mover, very aware of things on the ice. He's a smaller guy, but he's strong as a bull and uh, shoots the puck extremely hard. And, uh, you know, those are the three guys that kind of jump out at you on our roster for the young guys. All right. You mentioned Crocker. He is six foot three. Now he's by far the biggest player that you have up front, at least uh, on your team. In fact, there's a lot of six foot or under uh, players. Is that a concern for you at all? Not really. I mean, you know, some of these guys like uh, Hayden Packle, you know, uh, Dallin Peekacoot, uh, you know, they're, they're right around that six foot area mm-hmm. there that, you know, they play hard, they play with power. Uh, Harrison Lodwick is, is under six feet, but he's got dynamic speed, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to move around the ice. So, you know, no, it doesn't, doesn't concern me whatsoever. They're, you know, you can be a smaller guy with a, with a big heart and that's what, that's what, uh, means the most to me. Uh, last year, eighth place finish in the Eastern Conference, uh, getting in a great race down down the stretch and uh, getting in on the uh, final weekend. Uh, lose out in the first round against Winnipeg, but you did get a victory against them. A little bit of playoff experience to build off of, but uh, where do you set the bar for success this year? Is it still make the playoffs and go from there, or what do you want to accomplish this year? Well, I want to accomplish development and improvement. You know, with guys being gone, you know, our 20-year-olds being gone and new guys coming in, I want to see nor other guys, uh, you know, push the leadership uh, buttons here uh, that a lot of our guys did last year but are going to continue to do this year. But now you're looking at a lot more supporting core guys that are coming in. Um, you know, I expect us to compete at a, at a very high level. And, uh, you know, where that goes, we'll see. We're in a very competitive Eastern Division here. We've got some younger guys on this team. Uh, but, you know, our, our goal is always to – you know, get into the playoffs and, and kind of go from there. But, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with surprising people either. either. So you never know. I mean, the group comes together and, you know, good things can happen. So uh, no predictions for me. It's just a matter of working hard and making sure that we're, that we're playing at our best and let's see where it goes. And how about for you, Jeff, just to be uh, the head coach again? You've been the head coach in the WHL in uh, with teams in the past. Uh, what's it like for you to take over the reins of the Raiders? Well, it's tremendous. I mean, it's a great, great thing to get back into the head coaching position again. Um, you know, to to kind of run the ship here again. You know, with Mark uh, leaving, going over to Europe, that uh, <clears throat> you know was an opportunity for me, and I wanted to get back into the head coaching chair. Uh, you know, get back at it. Uh, I, 
patience might have been the understatement uh, for this, but I've been prepared for this for a long time, you know, doing head coaching position in, in pro and whatnot. But, uh, you know, that's the business. Expect the unexpected. When you think you're going to get a head coaching job, you don't get it. And uh, But to me, I just love the game and wanted to help out. And, you know, I was lucky enough to come to Prince Albert in 19 and we win that championship and, you know, continue to develop these guys. We've had a good uh, success with, uh, you know, getting drafted players, uh, drafted and some free agents signed to their pro careers. And you're always excited when your players uh, are able to do that. So it's been nice to see here, but, uh, you know, it, it's been nice. It's been great to come in here and, and uh, with Mark taking his, taking his uh, job over in, in Austria that it, uh, they think enough of you that, uh, you know, they, they want you to lead the way here. So something that, uh, you know, you've been prepared for a long time. I've learned under some tremendous people in this league uh, over a long career and uh, taking that, you know, to these guys here, uh, hopefully it's a seamless uh, kind of situation here. Uh, you're not dealing with somebody who doesn't know the league, doesn't know the players, uh, doesn't know the expectations of these young guys and the potential that they've got. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, to, to lead the way here. And when you say transition, smooth transition, is you're not changing, you're not reinventing the wheel there. I mean, it, you, you've been on the bench for the last four seasons already and you know the players – they know what to expect from you. You're not changing the systems all that radically. No, not you know what. There's going to be some changes, uh, obviously, uh, but uh, you know nothing, nothing dramatic. I mean, we're right. not overhauling everything here. We've had some pretty good success. The players are are are, are comfortable with with uh, with my voice and Ryan McDonald's voice. Uh, you know, back again, and then the addition with Keaton Ellerby uh, this year, which will really help our defensive core again uh, that way. But uh, you know, for me. You know, you take a look at over the years what's worked. You take a look at the uh, NHL playoffs and take a look at new trends that go on. And you know, I'm always I'm always looking to progress and whatnot. But uh, we're not going to overhaul our culture. Our culture has been great uh, over the years. That's not going to change the expectations of the players. The communication to the players uh, will still remain very high as uh, as we've always done here. But as far as the on-ice systems and whatnot, there'll be there'll be some subtle changes, but uh, I wouldn't say we're overhauling everything. Excellent. Well, Coach, congratulations on the promotion. I look forward to watching the Raiders when you come through Edmonton. That sounds great, Guy. Thanks for having me. Here's Jeff Truitt, the new head coach of the Prince Albert Raiders. Knew him back when he was uh, on the bench of the Kelowna Rockets. That was back when the Pipeline show was starting. And then he actually left uh, for pro hockey. He was the a head coach for the Edmonton Oilers farm team. I believe that was in Springfield uh, back then in the mid-2000s. Bounced around a little bit after that, then uh, was in Red Deer for a stretch with uh, Brent Sutter and the Red Deer Rebels, and now entering, what did he say, the season five, I believe he said, uh, for the Prince Albert Raiders. So good to see him back in the league and uh, behind the bench as the head coach. We've got one more segment to go, and that is going to take us to Winnipeg. Now, I extended an invitation to the Winnipeg Ice, but was told that uh, they're too busy. Uh, can't come on the uh, show to talk about their team. Uh, so I reached out, and uh, Mike Sawatsky from the Winnipeg Free Press, he's going to join me, and we'll talk about those Winnipeg Ice next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Now near side whites, far side Krebs, wrist shot, scores! Peyton Krebs, a wrist shot from the far side, and gets by Bailey Birkin. Hey, it's Peyton Krebs from the Kootenai Ice, and this is the Pipeline Show. Look at it down. 
Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Now that is a man who has eaten a lot of beef. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show for one more segment as we continue looking at all the teams in the WHL's East Division. We've uh, done them all except one, and that will be the Winnipeg Ice. We'll finish that off here momentarily. A reminder that The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky, but you don't have to be in Alberta to get it. Anywhere in Western Canada, any order, any size, anywhere, go to wilhawkbeefjerky.com. It's W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com. All right, my next guest to close out this week is uh, Mike Sawatsky from the Winnipeg uh, Free Press. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Good. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Good talking to you again. I appreciate you making the time like this. And uh, I, I endeavored to get someone from the team, but uh, they were uh, busy with camp. So I'm at, I, I'm appreciative that you're able to pinch it like this. Uh, let's get right to the uh, the camp discussion and start with. I've been asking all the GMs and coaches though when they've been on if uh, camp has been bigger than usual. And it sounds like a lot of the teams are bringing in more players. And I think COVID had something to do with that. Uh, you're telling me Winnipeg pretty much the same thing. Yeah, they. I mean, they had, as far as I can tell, like they had two draft years uh, show up for the first time. So, you know, you're going to have a lot. I think in this case, they had a lot more young younger players uh, mm-hmm. than they've had in the past two two years, and and you know that sort of figures, right? You know, and then and so with that comes a lot of a lot more uncertainty about. Uh, you know, they've had a fair bit of turnover from last year's team, and so. They have a whole pile of young players that are completely and utterly untested. So it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens in preseason and early early in the regular season. All right. Well, let's talk about the roster before we get to this year's team, who's not back from last year. And of course, everybody loses the uh, the overage players uh, from last season for Winnipeg. That's defenseman Nolan Orzek, as well as a couple of forwards and Jake and Smallwood, who's from our neck of the woods here. Uh, and Cole Muir. So those are pretty three pretty valuable players that uh, are gone off the roster. Also not back, Gage Alexander, who was traded to, uh, I want to say Swift Current. I don't have that right in front of me right now. Yep, that's right. That's right, Swift yep, Current. That's right. Uh, and uh, anybody else who was uh, on the team last year who you know right away is not back this year? Their overagers were quite good last year. Uh, the overage group this year may be even better. Um, mm. And they've had, uh, they're down to probably four four guys right now and it's sort of it's it's fairly uncertain about which three uh, might end up uh, on the on the roster when all things are said and done uh, you know in October yeah oh it's a pretty good crop we'll get to those guys in a second I, I'm trying to figure out who else isn't uh, back from last year's team I don't see Jack Finley's name uh, on the, uh, the the roster right now as a he, he's a 20 year old but he, I believe he's signed by Tampa so they're probably not expecting him back correct yeah, he's been signed for more than a year already, and and he didn't even he wasn't here at camp. 
Right. Um, so, I mean, he's not a factor, but a guy like him, Mikey Milne, who, who was a third round pick in Minnesota, but is not signed. Yep. Um, he, he was at camp and I mean, I can't imagine him being a, a serious, uh, candidate to come back, but it's possible and he doesn't have a contract. And if you bring a guy like that back, uh, if he plays for you, a uh, fantastic player, uh, if you decide to trade him, uh, you know, he, he, probably be a potentially really big haul in return i would think uh, if you were in a position to deal him yeah uh other guys from last year chase wheatcroft uh, not back he's been traded up to uh, prince george and i'm right. trying to jared newell i don't believe is back either i'm not sure where he went though no i think he's i think he's playing university hockey somewhere okay. and um uh, tanner brown was dealt to uh he was one of the potential 20s that was, was dealt to uh, Red Deer for a draft pick. All right, perfect. All right, so we've got uh, it narrowed down now. And as we look ahead, uh, let's start in goal. And uh, I guess that's the, the big news right now, the breaking news that you broke uh, just yesterday as we're uh, chatting right now. It's Wednesday, but uh, Daniel Hauser not in camp uh, right now because, uh, well, you tell the story, broken ankle. All I know is that he broke his ankle at some point in the offseason. Um, I haven't seen him yet, but apparently he's in Winnipeg, uh, did not participate in training camp, so he's not on the ice, uh, but he apparently was walking around uh, without any trouble. So um, without having seen him, actually, it's very hard to, hard to say, uh, you know, what his situation is. The team has been very tight-lipped about his status. Uh, I, I have a feeling uh, that... Uh, you know, the start of the season for him could be in jeopardy because they are being uh, so secretive about about his uh, injury status. All right, so if it's worst-case scenario and he's not ready to go at the start of the year, and who knows if, if that's a lingering thing or not, but uh, who else is still in camp uh, that they'd be leaning on to start with? Well, they've got a bunch of untested guys. They've got an older a 2003 birthday, Keegan Maddox, who's, who's played a little bit for... Uh, Kamloops, Victoria, I believe. Uh, he's got, uh, I think, six. Or no, he's got five Western League appearances in the last uh, three years. So hmm. he's the most experienced of the bunch. And then uh, they've got uh, two other rookies, Noah Stenvig, who's never played in the league, and Dawson Cowan, who's who had one start last season. So uh, put that all together, and you've got uh, three guys uh, in camp active who have uh, six uh, Westerning starts between them and that could be a, that, that to me is a very worrying situation if it were to continue uh, for very long. No question about that and uh, I mean that's a huge story this is a team that's still in win now mode and uh, potentially starting the year without a goaltender or without their proven starting netminder that's a that's a big deal unfortunate that uh, the team's really not uh, sharing any info on that. Right, and somebody said to me the other day, well, why didn't they keep Gage Alexander? Well, I mean, Alexander was an obvious, one of the obvious 20-year-olds to deal in the offseason. Good player, but uh, we knew that uh, Hauser was going to be the number one this year right from day one, so um, uh, they made a deal for him uh, sort of mid-offseason, and uh, and he wasn't I don't think it was ever a serious consideration for him to be one of the 20 year olds. They, they have, uh, other, uh, other needs, uh, that they need to fill with, with their overage players. Yeah. They traded Alexander to Swift Current on July 28th. So 
who knows, since we don't know when Hauser uh, was injured, could have been the 29th of July, for all we know, right? Uh, you, you know, that's uh, that's pretty good thinking on your part. <laughs> all right, let's go to the uh, the blue line and uh, a pretty good crop of uh, defensemen coming back, uh, even though they lost some guys. But uh, Ben Zlatia, one of the four 20-year-olds still in camp, uh, and you'd have to think that they'll keep one of the 20s uh, as a, a blue liner, so he should be fairly safe, I would expect, but... Uh, ben Zlotti, Carson uh, Lambos, Maximilian. Now, in the World Junior Championship, they called them Stroile, and uh, we've been told by the Winnipeg Ice that it's Struel, uh, but everyone else that I've talked to uh, pronounces it Stroile. Okay, well, Max told me last year it was Struel, so maybe he was just being polite. I'm not sure. Yeah, a lot but of those zeros do that. was going by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, he, and he was very definite about not being Maximilian. A couple of people were... We're referring to him by his full first name, and he didn't care for that at all. So it is Max. I know that for sure. All right, perfect. We'll go. <laughs> yeah. We'll stick with Max, uh, and as well as Owen Boucher and and Jaron Brinson. Uh, any youngsters who are trying to force their way onto this roster? There's a youngster, prominent youngster involved here, but he's not going to force his way onto the roster. He, he's already forced his way on the roster. Oh yes, uh, that's Jonas Wu. Jonas Wu, who played 15 playoff games. Uh, Pulled a regular shift, yep. uh, finished the regular season after his his U uh, seventeen uh, season ended. Um, I mean, he was he's a smaller guy; he's like five five ten, uh, one hundred and fifty. But uh, you know, he played. He was so calm and cool. He was he was playing regular minutes in the playoffs, uh, even against the Oil Kings in the conference final. So. Um, he will. I, I have no doubt that he will have a, a prominent role as a 16-year-old uh, this fall. Yeah, he was really impressive. You're right. I completely uh, blew past his name on the on the roster sheet here, but uh, yeah, no, he was really, really good uh, in the playoffs, despite being so young. I mean, that you don't see that very often. A, a guy that's that calm and poised uh, at that young age. So well, young and and that, you know he was being challenged physically too. And then when you're 150 pounds at that age, you would think. Yes. <laughs> that there would be, it would have, it would impact severely on your, your play, but his puck handling was, uh, was really top notch. And, uh, I mean, he, I think he shocked a lot of people by how well he adapted. And, uh, so I, I would expect, uh, you know, a, a pretty big contribution from him, even though you don't normally see 16 year old D, uh, do very much, uh, at that age. Now, Carson Lambos uh, made the World Junior team, didn't play a whole lot. I think he got into, what, one game? Yeah, I don't think he had a good, I don't think he had a good start in that first game and, and, uh, was the eighth man, you know, was a, the, the odd man out for the rest of the tournament from what I remember. What do you make of his time in the WHL as a member of the ice? Has he lived up to expectations or does he still have to take his game to another level? Well, I think he certainly has the opportunity to take it to another level. I mean, uh, he's, He's absolutely a fantastic teammate. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's respected by his his teammates. I I almost expect he didn't have a captain last year, and I I have a nagging feeling that he's going to get to see this year. Um, I, I I think you know, like you say, he he probably uh, does have room to take his game to another level. Uh, he's a he's a physical player but he's also there's also a lot of offense uh offensive potential with this guy and uh you know if you if you look if you regard him as uh, a future 
NHL regular, um, you know, we're going to have to see further progress from him this year. I mean, he was almost a point-per-game guy last year, so give him credit for that, 47 points in 51 games and had eight in the playoffs as well. But he's had some yeah. injury along the way, and I don't know if that's kind of – if that impacted his development, I just thought he might be further along than where he is now, and maybe that's unfair on my part uh, because he is a good player. I do, I do know. During he, he was, uh, he hasn't talked about it, but he 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 did have an illness uh, when he was uh, he spent some time in Finland during uh, during the first COVID year, and uh, that had a huge impact on that uh, the second half of that season when he came back. Uh, you know the the uh, the hub season in Regina, um, so I mean I think all of these things have a sort of can have a cumulative effect, and uh, um, he's probably had enough time to you know really get himself into top flight shape and uh, and be uh, you know uh, the all star type defenseman that uh, most people expect him to be this year. He's Mike Sawatsky, covers uh, all the sports in the Winnipeg area, including the Winnipeg Ice, and that's who we're talking about right now. Or right, let's go to the forward group, and man, there's lots to like up front uh, for the Winnipeg Ice. This is a team that finished first overall in the WHL last year, and I kind of thought they were where the Oil Kings were a year previous, and now they're in the, win, uh, the, in the window right now to, to win it all. And we talked about the 20-year-old options that Winnipeg has, and three of them are still in camp up front. Uh, with Zlotty on the back end. Then you've got Owen Peterson, who can play on my team any day of the week. Uh, Connor McLennan, who I'm yep. still surprised. My team's the Flyers, and they didn't sign him. I'm still a little pissed off about that. I'm sure he is, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned Mikey Milne, so, or Milne. Where do they go here? What, what's what's Winnipeg going to do with their overagers? I have no idea. I mean, I like all three of those guys, and if you're asking me to keep two of them, I don't know at this point... Um, what what the decision is there uh milne you know might be the most explosive guy of that bunch and he's an absolute terrorist uh shorthanded he drives d-men crazy um and but peterson is so dependable and then you've got mcclennan this little pepper pot who is probably their best pure scorer outside of uh, Matt Savoy. So, um, you know, I'd have trouble making that choice there. And in this case, if you're trading one of those three guys, maybe you're you're taking the one guy you can get the most back for in return. Maybe that is part of the, uh, the math uh, on that situation. I talked to James Patrick about having to make that choice yesterday, and he said he didn't really expect to have four guys to deal with, uh, you know, late in the, in September, he kind of mm-hmm. figured it, it would be, it would work itself out by that time. Um, uh, I'm getting a nagging feeling that he probably thinks that Milne will get, uh, a contract, uh, at some point, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So he might, it might just work itself out and he might be playing in the American hockey league or something like that. To me, Milne should be playing in the American hockey league, but, uh, you know, what do I know? Is McLennan uh, going to anybody's camp? Are you aware of? Uh, I think I he I know he went to Colorado's uh, D camp in July, okay. and uh, I suspect he may be going back there again. Uh, they haven't announced. Uh, Peterson's also went to uh, Nashville's uh, D camp in July, and I would expect that he's probably going back there as well. Um, 
Zolotti, I believe, was in Colorado and uh, could be returning there. So um, I think all of those overage guys will be going to NHL camps uh, in the next three to five days. Okay. Well, those are the three vet forwards uh, to lean on, but then you've got three guys who uh, are, are younger and two of them just drafted. Matthew Savoy, you mentioned, Connor Geeky. Uh, drafted as well, and then uh, Zach Benson, who's going to get drafted very high in the 2023 yeah. draft. Uh, I mean, I'm this this Winnipeg Ice team is still loaded offensively. Yeah, like uh, I was just looking at the list, and you know, if if you subtract one of the one of the overage forwards, and yet you, you say Skylar Bruce to that, you've got essentially two very good lines right there. Yeah, the thing is that isn't quite as deep as last year's squad, uh, so. So how does that impact them long term? I don't know. It, it, it's really going to depend on on how some of these young players that they've got coming in uh, uh, perform in in support roles, you know. So, um, but I mean, I fully expect uh, Matt Savoy and, and Connor Geeky to to sort of increase their production this year. So um, maybe they don't they won't need as much scoring from the bottom end of their uh, forward group as as i think right now some people might suggest that uh, maybe one of those two guys doesn't come back from nhl camp i'm not in that uh, i i wouldn't make that argument i don't think either one of those two guys is too good now for the whl they're good players but they still got the uh, development time to put in here uh, in the western hockey league is there any concern in in your market about either savoy or geeky not coming back well um the ice haven't talked about it but i can't see that being a, a really serious uh, concern. Um, I mean, these guys are, like you say, good players, but uh, I've heard it uh, more than once that, uh, I mean, uh, in, in Savoy's case, Buffalo's got a, a young, a young core. They're breaking in a lot of uh, younger players. Uh, do they need another very young player in their lineup? Uh, and geeky uh, situation, in Arizona is probably a lot the same. There's, there's a, a young lineup there. Uh, are they really going to, put an 18 year old forward in a position like that uh i can't see it but uh, you know think things could change and uh, and there are surprises uh, every every fall at training camp mike you alluded to the young guys who are uh, they're hoping to get contributions from uh up front uh, who are some of those guys coming to camp maybe rookies this year that are trying to make a a name for themselves one thing they don't have of the you know, with the young guys is a lot of size but they do have a bigger defenseman in this group uh, uh, named Ashton Cumbie from uh, Alberta, who played, uh, I believe he played a couple of games. He had a recall affiliate stint last year. He's 6'5", 207 pounds. Uh, he's a guy that I think they hope uh, will be ready uh, ready for uh, the prime time uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have uh, some younger forwards, Ty Fraser out of Lethbridge, who also had a had a cup of coffee with the team last year. Um, I think he he's a, a bigger body too, six two, around two hundred pounds. He sh- he should be uh, somebody that they're looking in looking at for uh, regular duty this year. Is it win this year? Anything less than winning the conference and getting to the final and, and uh, putting your best foot forward in the final? Uh, anything less than that is that failure for this team? Well. I guess they, the, the team may think of it that way. Um, my, my sense of the way the lineup or the roster looks right now is, 
it's going to be quite a bit younger than a year ago. Um, they do have some very, uh, very good top end talent, but are they as good as the team last year? Um, I can't say that right now, hmm. but last year, I think, you know, they, they had a, a fatal flaw when it came to playing the Royal Kings in the conference final. They didn't, they didn't, uh, have Luke, the uh, Luke pro cop, but they didn't have a, they didn't have the big, tough defensemen um, that uh, are are so valuable in the playoffs. And so you look at at their lineup right now; they don't. There isn't a, a ton of size there. I would expect uh, roster moves uh, like in any year, but uh, how much they can do because they've they've traded away quite a few picks in the last couple of seasons. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, what happens with this team? I have to ask you about the arena situation from what you know. Uh, last I've heard is, well, probably the last time you were on the show and nothing was happening at that point. Uh, are they uh, making any progress as far as you know with this uh, new building that they'd promised uh, when they moved from uh, Cranbrook? Well, uh, they continue to, they're going to use the the worst building in the league for at least another year, probably two. I haven't heard any, I've, I've heard that, uh, in fact, the commissioner told me six months ago that there would be an announcement soon. Um, I haven't heard an announcement. I've heard nothing. So um, uh, I would anticipate that if there is going to be uh, a new building built, that they're going to have to uh, unveil something quite soon because I think they're, at the league level, uh, there has to be some discontent about uh, uh, you know the lack of, uh, lack of action in this regard, because they're in, in what year four of uh, being relocated to Winnipeg, and they still don't have a new building, and that was promised a long time ago. So, um, I think it's time to do something, but uh, how soon that's going to happen, I have no idea. All right, well, I guess we'll just uh, have to wait and see. Mike, uh, as always, really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this uh, on short notice. I, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Hey, no problem. It was uh, fun talking to you again. That's Mike Sawatsky from the Winnipeg Free Press, who is a uh, pinch hitting for uh, well for anybody from the Winnipeg Ice organization. Appreciate him uh, being available to talk about the club. Unfortunate situation there at the end that we were talking about the arena, and I know that's a bone of contention for the uh, for the Western Hockey League. It's certainly not a good look when you move from a uh, a small market in Cranbrook, BC, where you're selling about twenty five hundred, I guess, average uh, tickets, maybe a little less than that. Uh, but you move to a big market, much bigger market in Winnipeg, but play in a much smaller rink where you can only sell 1,600 tickets. So optically, it uh, does not look very good. And when a, a new facility was uh, promised or talked about, certainly, and hasn't even been started yet uh, for, what, four or five years uh, down the road, uh, yeah, it's not a good look for the Western Hockey League, and I know that they're, uh, they're keen on seeing that to come to a, a resolution. Now, as for the team on the ice, that's still going to be a really powerful uh, offensive attack. The net mining situation, obviously, right now is a, a bit of a concern, would have to be. But I was interested to hear Mike say it doesn't sound like he, he believes that they're a better team than last year, which I, I find to be a pretty interesting take. If that's the case, does Moose Jaw catch them and pass them in the standings? They do have their goaltending situation uh, fixed in Moose Jaw, at least we think so at this point, after they picked up Connor Unger. So that is going to be a, a, a team and a race really to watch between those two clubs. I think everybody will probably be picking those two teams as the as the top teams in the East Division. 
If you disagree, let me know on Twitter, at TPS underscore Gia. Who do you think will be the top team in the East Division this year? Well, that will do it for this uh, edition of the Pipeline Show, and it's been a lengthy one because we had six guests, and it'll be the same next week as we go to the Central Division. We're going to end with the U.S. Division uh, two weeks from now, but next week it's the Central Division. All five teams in Alberta, plus the Swift Current Broncos, will be in the spotlight next week, so make sure you're back for that. So a quick uh, reminder, you can uh, hear all of these interviews shortly after they're done. I did one on Tuesday and five of them on Wednesday, and they were all available to patrons on the same day. Now, the full show uh, comes out on a Friday or a Saturday, whenever you're hearing this right now. Patrons have been able to uh, hear these interviews for at least two days before the full episode was released. If that's something that would interest you, go to patreon.com slash show. A couple of bucks a month is what it costs. A little less than that, you get a 10% discount if you sign up for an annual pack. It should be like 22 bucks, And you can enjoy early access as well. Okay, that's it for me this week. Until next weekend, if you can get out and watch some exhibition games, that would be awesome. Then we can talk about it next week right here on The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya! <laughs>